Weird Science DC Comics podcast will spoil this week's comic books and use very, very naughty words. If either of those things upset you, go listen to NPR. When you eventually grow a pair, don't worry, we will be waiting for you. Thank you and enjoy. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Take two, Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. Broadcasting from the weird world of DC Comics, straight into your ear holes and making your brain a little bit sideways. I'm Eric Shea. I'm Jamar. And this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> Jim Warner. This is I'm Weird Jim Science Warner. DC Comics Podcast, episode 12. Weird Out Loud, huh? Yes, Weird You'll Out Loud. never give it up. No, why would I? I don't know. Uh, you know what we're going to start with? What are we starting with, brother? Corrections. Oh, Jesus. There's a big correction. I don't know if it's that big. No, it's it's as big as it could be, I would think. Well, I maybe mean, if you have a gender bias. Well, I'm just going to say, if somebody walked up to you and, hey, lady, you'd say, <laughs> uh, you know what, you're wrong. Because last week, you I don't went know, on and on. The best is that you were so <laughs> convinced that Bengal was a guy. I'm pretty what, sure Bengal, I said, I don't know. Bengal was the artist on uh, the uh, Backroll Endgame. Backroll Endgame. No, you went on and on. I listened to see. I listened to the podcast afterwards. You do not. No, that's true. And you went on and on. You know what? Bengal's a yeah. It has to be. It has, it has to, to be. No, Bengal's a guy. Yes, Bengal's a guy. Apparently. Yes, Bengal is a guy. Now uh, I have gone up to dudes before and thought they were ladies, and they did not appreciate me hitting on them until they turned around. Yes, I was going to say I didn't think that. I thought it was like after the next day. <laughs> when they get up and yeah, hey, I'll make you breakfast. What do you want? No, I All find out eggs. I find out right away whether Give they have me a some woman, eggs and bacon. Whether they have a woman's penis or a man's penis. Yes, I yeah. find out right away. You find out right. You know what? This is not appropriate for younger <laughs> younger listeners. As labeled as explicit, so maybe they shouldn't. That, be listening. It is labeled as that, isn't it? Uh, you want to get that clear right away to everyone <laughs> listening. No, men's and women's penises. <laughs> I don't want an explanation of what look, the difference is. Look, dude, I don't know a lot about sex, but I know the female's penis is smaller than mine. I don't know about that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, what else are we going to talk about? Well, I want to start out right away. Well, everybody like gives me shit when I talk about horror, but I saw a freaking trailer this week, which you talked about me before, but I forgot. Yeah, it's um, The trailer for Unfriended, and you've seen this, obviously. Yes. What was it? It's gone through a couple of name changes. <laughs> Cybernatural at first, which yes. is just like hilariously Cybernatural awesome. Cybernatural sounds like one of those things you'd go on red, uh, the red box. 
right. and you'd go to get like a, some other movie and that would be the made up name to try to fool you into getting their movie like transmorphers or no no it's like it's, it is the uh this that awful version of fear.com back in the day yes yes yeah <laughs> back that's in the what day it was get. a couple years ago i think yeah i saw that trailer um during the summer just after the summer my son ethan was into it well i hit some film festival before now it's finally getting theatrical release and i finally saw the trailer for it and it looks like this is cameron stewart's idea of a horror movie what it's it's, let's just throw Cameron like, Stewart. You're gonna... Yeah, yeah. Because look, it's a horror movie, but let's just center it all around social media and things that the kids use to make oh, it see, hit. Now I, now I get. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were just gonna like somehow the director was against the movie poster or something like that. He was pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, um, I immediately thought of our favorite thing in all of horror. <laughs> the uh, tracing the call, but this oh, time it's it's in this. It's they don't know where the. Uh, the quote-unquote friend is <laughs> with that 1979 classic when a stranger calls well we we've traced the call it's coming from inside yeah, the house it's coming from inside your hard drive <laughs> i just like when i remember seeing the the trailer and it was everybody like everybody put their hands up and yeah. then uh, it's still message ah they're all yelling or something Hold like with lights out i've got the synopsis here i had this written down it's uh one year before the film's events, high school students Laura Barnes committed suicide due to ridicule received over an embarrassing video of her passed out at a party. Six of her classmates were especially horrible in the, their treatment of her. I want to know what they did on that video. I know. Holy and, moly. Well, I'm saying, but these six students were, like, really horrible to her as they were unpopular and Laura was the most popular girl in school. Well, what, But they were all at the same party. I don't know if they just saw the video and then fucking called her, so like out on her some shit. I don't know. Do you think they put shaving cream on her face and then like <laughs> rubbed it with a feather so she put I, her hand in it? I don't know. Everybody's talking about bling and shit. I think things have gone a lot further yeah. than when we were kids. That's not <laughs> like that. They didn't put like her hand in water to make her pee herself. <laughs> oh my god, she peed herself. Oh, look at her. I still like the shaving cream. <laughs> I used to do that to my brother all the time when we were kids. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See that. That and I used to do the thing where I'd hold his nose a little bit when he's sleeping. So, like, if he's snoring, then I'll... <laughs> my brother, what I would do is I'd put my hand over his mouth and his <laughs> nose, and then I'd wait till he passes out, and then I'd stop just before I killed him. And then I'd pee on him. And <laughs> then I'd set his bed on fire, and then I'd, uh, I don't know, throw him into a uh, passing truck. Well, see, I loved my brothers. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like my brother. Except for that time we were playing hide-and-seek, and he hid in the dryer to sort of teach him a lesson. I turned it on for a second. That was nice. Uh, at one point, my one son was playing hide-and-seek and got into the um, washing machine the, and the, the, the clothes washer, the, yeah. the washing machine, I guess it's called. I was thinking I was a dishwasher, but it was one of these where it closed, and he was stuck in there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was not fun. We, he actually could have been killed. I'm surprised you didn't break the insides of it. No, he was, but I think the only thing that stopped him, it did try to start, but it was <laughs> off balance because of him. It was awful. And Jesus so Christ. I ran in, and I, he was just like sitting there, and it was one of those top loaders where yeah. you could, like, there was a, a clear top, and it was just him, like, trying to get out. And it's not a good time. And now people are calling social services. No, we don't have that son anymore. They took him away. <laughs> we had some more after that to make up for it. Oh, hold on. Let me get back to the synopsis here. Um, 
Those six classmates decide to get together to talk with one another via Skype, but are ill-prepared when an uninvited seventh person logs onto Laura's old Skype account and shows that he or she knows quite a bit about the prior year's events. It's like I know what you did online last summer. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Hold on, I got, terrible. I got, I got a little bit more here. The unknown person threatens the group and states that if they log out or stop talking, someone will die. So now it's become now it's speed, speed as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's speed. I know what you did last summer. And uh, when a stranger fear calls. Fear.com. Uh, the person torments the friends by attacking them in their home and in their houses. As the chat progresses, the truth about who posted the video begins to emerge and other secrets are revealed that test their friendships. Now it also reminds me, what was that uh, movie with Ryan Reynolds when he was buried? Was it called Buried? Oh, the fucking like coffin or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. all going to be this one thing. You're going to watch a movie with just the scene of a chat room. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It is all of this is like one of those found footage things, which I normally like found footage when it's done well. And this is just mm. going to be through the perspective of six or six to seven different Skype. Again, no, these these kids are not popular, but yet they all hang together. There's six of them. I don't, I don't understand it seems what the message like they're is more here. popular than, than they would let on. And they were exactly. at that party. Yeah, well, uh, you think they're at – I don't know if they're at the party or not because this is a whole thing where it's like an anti-bullying message because this leads to her killing herself due to like bullying on like yeah. online, this which is a big topic. like an anti-bullying. I, I, I can see it what – It seems worse. It and seems, this is uh, – I don't know, but uh, this is a weird reversal of it though where the unpopular kids are making fun of the popular girl, which – that never happened. If you made, if I went up to somebody like a popular person and made fun of them, I'd get the shit stomped out of me by the rest of the popular people. No, I could see if, if they did it like uh, there's the party. If they weren't at the party and they these unpopular kids tried to cyber bully, then I. Uh, but this party bit it doesn't ring true to me. Yeah, maybe it is a cyber. Nobody party. invited me to those parties. I just don't understand the message here because the unpopular people are now the bad people. Yeah, the message is if you're a bully, then you get bullied, then you die, then you're a cyber ghost, and then you're dead, <laughs> and you are calling from inside the house. Well, I was talking to you about this before with uh, that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake they put out the other year, mm -hmm. where in this one they made Freddy Krueger a child molester. Yeah. And the whole point of the movie I saw, the whole message was, if you're molested as a kid, you tell, you're going to fucking die. That is not a message, all right? That's a message. Anything's a message. Jesus Christ. But no, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this movie because I just find it ridiculous. And the uh, modern age has killed my beloved horror yeah. flicks. I actually I thought that what you were trying to do is get people to stop listening so that we could stop doing this for the night. Go to bed. Stop dead before it starts. This is what Good kids are job, into Eric. Now. Mission accomplished. Hey, man, this movie is apparently getting positive reviews. Yeah, I, yeah five people. No, I'm telling you, this has been out on the circuit for a while at like film festivals. It's shit. at film festivals. It has five reviews the last time I looked. When you I told me about this, five reviews, yeah. Uh, John down the street, uh, some homeless guy, and uh, Ebert somehow has reviewed it. <laughs> From beyond the From grave beyond. via Skype. It's actually, it's him. Yeah. He's the girl. He's taken over. He's coming back from the grave, and he's after Gene Shalit. He's after bad movies. <laughs> He'd have a lot of work ahead of him if that was the case. I just, I just don't understand. It's like when cell phones are better. That's when I said, "Fuck it, horror movies are done now because now the monsters can only live where there's no cell phone well, reception." Yeah. Well, so it's all the hills of West Virginia. Don't you? 
Uh, we, you know what? On all this, we don't even nobody uh, from West Virginia has even listened to our podcast yet. I looked at the stats, so you can say all you want. You can pound on the hate. They got killed the other day in the Sweet Sixteen by Kentucky, and see now I'm chasing the other people away. Yep. A little basketball talk. Uh, by the way, Bengal is a guy. Yes, Bengal is a guy. That is what I was working up to at this whole side. Uh, like that's what it went. The unfriended led from Bengal. Yeah. That's but right. no, I'm done with my unfriended if we that want to get on with the rest of the show. crazy transition. <laughs> I've seen some guy, of your transitions, all right? Here's a transition. Listener mail. I love me some listener mail. You do. You know what? Um, a review on iTunes claimed that we just send each other mail. <laughs> you know what? That is way too much work for me. I was going to say, if I send a mail, it'd be like uh, from Jim. Hey, Eric, you're a poopy face. That would be that would be a mail. I would no? That would be my email every time. Hey, hey, Eric, you're a poopy face. And I just sit there, <laughs> poo. Yeah. Guess Fucking what, idiots. though? That's what we are. Who do we usually start with the mail? Why, John usually starts it off. I've sent you the outline. You saw yes. it. John yep. did not get get to us this week. No I mail think John, John Hader might have gotten to him. <laughs> I think one of my sons actually said that. When I told him, I, it was Rafe. I said, hey, no John Mellon. He's like, I think he's mad at John Hader. Maybe he is, <laughs> but he didn't even have a, a retort. No, no. He's his mom, gone off. His mom grounded him, I guess, his from, mom as John him. Hader put it. Maybe he actually, maybe that uh, Eric, the 12-year-old that you gave advice, actually started this podcast, and now John hates him. That'd be, actually, that'd be awesome, actually. That would be. Well, we'll hear from Eric in a little bit because he actually got back to you. But first, we'll start with Batman with a Box. All right. Batman with a Box says, I love the podcast because every episode is like, who did you guys piss off this time? <laughs> but honestly, Cameron Stewart is such a fuck boy. His run on Batgirl sucks. I dropped it and my girlfriend hates it after she loves Gail Simone's run. So you guys aren't alone. Also, I'm Team Jim. I like Eric, but Jim has a great cynicism I relate to. Keep it up, champs. <laughs> hashtag Team Jim. Hashtag Eric's dad is dead. Hey, man, my dad is dead. Now, what the best was is when I got this and I told you, you <laughs> thought I made it up. So you even no, no. thought, like, the I, iTunes guy. Did you just think I made the hashtags up? Yeah, the hashtags. I, I'm saying, no, well, he's maybe right I on. thought all of it because that was just a weird hashtag to throw in there no, because, you know, I say it a lot, but shit. That's an in-joke that Batman with the Box is in. He's number one. All right. And what also makes me laugh is when he said to keep it up, champs, because I told you the one time I went over to my house, I have five kids. And not to you, I'm telling the listeners. I have five oh, kids, know. and my, my dad's an old guy. <laughs> Dad never really paid attention to me, and he pays less attention to them. So when, when we would go over, there would be usually four of them with us, three, four, whatever. I would go over, and my dad would never remember their names. <laughs> so it was always like, hey, slugger, what's going on, champ? And he'd sport. go down the line, yeah, hey, sport, hey Chief. there, doc. <laughs> so that made me laugh when I saw the Keep It Up champs. But Your dad yeah. is on his deathbed. Yeah, he's he is sending right now. He's probably on his deathbed right now uh, saying champ somehow. He's like convulsing. Since he didn't say I love you the last time, this is his way of saying it. You have to bring, <laughs> you have to bring that up, right? Eric, my dad's alive. Oh. He's li- Actually, my dad has been in the hospital and pretty much on the, the – on his deathbed for a while, and I think he's more active now than he's been <laughs> the last three years. He's fallen out of the bed a couple of times in the last week or so. That's pretty so that's right more there, active. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's more moving than he's been doing. But let's stop that miserable talk and get on with uh, Cali Girl. <laughs> Cali Girl says, love the podcast, but there will never be a Team Jim. Oh, you should have had this one before the last no, one. <laughs> no, there's another one. 
Jim yeah. is so miserable that I want to hang myself every time I hear his voice. Who now wanna, you know how I feel. Who would want to be on a team where all you do is sit around and bitch about things? <laughs> I am Team Eric. That's where the fun is. That's what I've been trying to say to my friends for a while, but they don't believe me. What, that, that, that I'm miserable? I don't know no, why that, your that friends I'm, would care. Where I'm, I'm where the fun is. Yeah, I, if, if they only knew. <laughs> That's the fun is, yeah, right over there. Freaking Team Eric. I'm going to be sitting here putting some more rubber bands in my beard. Actually, when I do say what Team Eric would stand for, it does sound pretty cool. Like not going to work and yeah. eating McDonald's all the time. What do you mean all the time? Every minute of the day, shoving food down your big fat throat. Fat? See, this is what I'm doing. I'm hating. Yes. <laughs> so I guess Cali Girl's right. But the next yes. one, Visible Ninja says, I'm not on Team Eric or Team Jim. I'm on Team Weird Science because I like both of you. Fuck yeah. What Team Weird Science that? is where See? it's at. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's positive. That is positive construction, 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 constructive criticism that even Cameron Stewart would like. <laughs> you know that. The next one is from Eric, little twelve-year-old Eric. Twelve-year-old Eric, who you gave him such sound advice, like watch '80s movies and listen to '80s music, and Don't listen to '80s music. music, and name your site after either Oingo Boingo songs or John Hughes movies. Well, that's what we did, and he says. Thanks for reading my mail and giving us advice. We, we never heard what his friend's name was. No, no, he's not important. No. Yeah, I know how that is. <laughs> I don't like 80s movies much, and we don't like the name Bat Flash. Nobody likes the name Bat Flash. You shouldn't have given that name Bat Flash. You no, gave the name Bat Flash. I, I gave the name Dead Man's Party, which is a badass name. I don't think either. First off, if you're going to name something and you named it Bat Flash, <laughs> <laughs> at least you might get some searches. For a dead Man's Party, Honestly, I don't even want to know who's finding that. If you type the Bat Flash... You were talking a shite last week, now we're talking necrophilia. If, if you're calling yourselves Dead Man Party. Dead, dead Man's, Man's Party. Dead Man's Party, I man. It's a great track. I, I, I have more of a mush mouth than I usually do tonight. <laughs> but no, if you type in Bat Flash, though, for, I'm sure you'd get, if he had that site name, you get that and a freaking, like a picture of a <laughs> dude in a Batman mask with a trench coat a open. trench coat on. <laughs> Bat Flash. So I guess Eric is basically telling you to go screw yourself because he doesn't want any of that. The guy asked for advice, but like a 12-year-old, he's not listening. Look, I, I gave it to him. I told they him don't ever on, listen. Keep on plugging away. Do your thing. I don't think he's listening to you. He's Probably done. Not. People write in, we answer, and they'll never talk to us again. Uh-huh. I'd hate to say this, but maybe the next one I wouldn't be that upset with. because. Oh, is... you're not actually going to do this one, are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually I told you to put this on, but then I read it. And I'm like, this yeah, you is read it, much. didn't you? Yeah. Should I skip it? I think we should skip. It's a Marvel question. It goes on forever. Can a lot I, like can me I write and Jim. It? we've set it up now. That you, you got some interest going. It's from Frostbite eight eight three. Oh God. I'm gonna try to read this really fast. Uh, Come on, here we go. Now. What if there was an Earth in the Marvel multiverse called Earth 100, an Earth where mutants never existed, meaning a world with no Magneto, no Professor X, no Externals, Apocalypse, etc. Would someone like Namor had just been a human-Atlantean hybrid as opposed to being a human-Atlantean mutant hybrid? What would happen if Franklin Richards was never in the scenario and instead his non-powered sister Valeria had been the firstborn child of Reed and Sue Richards? 
And she was born human like her mainstream counterpart. And about aliens like Cadre K, would the universe be better off without them and all their mutant scrolls too? What would happen if the Celestials never deliberately destabilized deviant DNA, which would result in a deviant race not having to go through mutations for Ian's end? If the Avengers and other non-mutant heroes had the ones to contend with the brood, the juggernaut, arcade, etc. for years, would they come out from their battles against unscathed? Where are the crickets when we need them? Could the entirety Seriously. of the superhero community, if not superpowered beings in general, face persecution in the world? When would the humanity take action against these super races? How would they do it? Who would mainly lead oh, the charge into pursuing, capturing, detaining, and or eliminating them? Where would the superpowered beings go? What place would they go to that can ensure their survival? And finally, could the super races, metahumans, inhumans, inter- in- <laughs> eternals, etc., make it to their destination safe and sounded? <sighs> Um, you know what answer, I say? Who the hell cares, Eric? My answer is, if all this was going down, yeah. DC would be pulling in more fucking comics yeah, than Marvel yeah, at this point. I don't even know what the, Again, I, I laugh when I read that because all that are a bunch of words put together by some crazy, like you're picking words out of a freaking bag. <laughs> yay. And this is an example of how you know we don't just send mail to one another because yeah, we would never, ever write all no, that. I, I don't know why I read that. I'm not even. Where's, the, that, where's that dump button? I'm telling you, I was a Marvel kid growing up. I am not as familiar with all this as I thought I was reading yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, on the site, did you see the guy who was commenting on uh, Batman Beyond? Yeah, I, I did. Was, oh, guys, give me a headache. <laughs> guys, really thinking into it uh, oh, yeah, about yeah, a book that ended months ago. But man, I, you know, people love their things, and this guy, uh, Frostbite eight eight three, I don't know what he likes. But you know, I'm he, saying marble. <laughs> I actually think he should get out sometime and, and get out into the real world. But we're going to go on to the next mail, which is the mail. Of, well, I don't know. I, I always like Batman with a box. So. Yeah. But this is the secondary mail of the week. And it this is, actually led to a challenge between us. Yeah, it did. And read, actually, I did a lot of thinking about this mail <laughs> and shaking my fist. It's from Reggie. Oh, Reggie. And Reggie. Uh, you know, Reggie has called me out for being a mush mouth. Yes. Um, gotten for putting ketchup an, on your... Gotten a bit of an argument with my wife and uh, <laughs> yelled at me for putting ketchup on hot dogs. Yes. Reggie is a positive fella. And Reggie says, two things before... He was actually... He was writing this, I believe, while he was listening to last week's episode. I think it was like the first five minutes. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> it says, two things before I dive back into this insanity... One, perhaps in a land where people put ketchup on hot dogs and pontificate on the finer points of 7-Eleven foodstuffs, would pizza fries be a common occurrence? But I assure you that they are as much an abomination of food as the rest of the crap you guys eat. He knows us, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure that an ultrasound of either of your colons would look like the aftermath of an atomic explosion. All right, the second part is okay. Hold on, do you want to talk about the whole thing and then we'll break it down? Two, okay, Jim, you've mentioned liking NWA, and now you've name-dropped Cameo. Plus, I've heard you mention rap music a few other times. You may as well be begging me to ask what other hip-hop you listen to and whether you've ever heard of MF Doom. Basically, I want to know where you get off listening to rap music and if you have to teach your kids the phrase, when I get sawed off, bodies are hauled off in an early age. You guys Jim, where do you the, get off? You guys are the worst. I love your podcast. If either of you have diet-related strokes or heart attacks, please be sure to record it for the listener amusement. And you know what? I'll just address that last part. Yes, we will, and it's probably going to happen soon. Yeah. So I don't see this podcast lasting the podcast 50 because both of us are going to be dead. But 
We're going to go uh, with his first thing. He's talking about pizza fries and crap that we eat. Well, first off, I looked on, on uh, Twitter, and I believe Reggie's from New York. And, again, that, it actually shocks me that they wouldn't have pizza fries there. Yeah, um, they have to have pizza fries in New York. Reggie's a cultured fellow, though. He doesn't <laughs> go for that. I, maybe he. Oh, my. Do you no, think that Reggie ever had poutine? Do you, ever, has, do you think he's had poutine? He has to have. In New York, it's fucking close enough to the Canadian border. Come on. Well, well, I'm saying, if he's New York City, I would think a pizza place there would have pizza fries. If yeah. he's from middle New York or, you know, upstate New York, you would think that they'd have poutine. And I don't know. I don't understand it, Reggie. Best poutine I've ever had was in the Poconos. It. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, we read. I read you this mail. This came in early this week. It's a Monday. Monday morning. And it led to a little bit of an eating challenge. Oh, my God. <laughs> And uh, what was that, Eric? Well, what did they call it? Oh, well, that's the thing. You was, you came in Monday, and you were talking to me about something that McDonald's has, which um, we called it the uh, tailgate box. Yeah, it was the tailgate box when the football season. Yes, and then when I uh, – we talked about this box, which consists of two Big Macs, 20-piece nuggets, two medium fries, and two hamburgers. Mm-hmm. I would call that a family meal. That is a family meal indeed. A shitty family meal for oh, yes, a family of overweight people, but a family meal anyway. But we started talking about this, mm-hmm. and somehow it led to like the amount of food that like somebody could eat at a single sitting. Mm-hmm. And about this old guy I used to work with that demanded up and down that a 40-piece nugget deal was not a family meal. It was a solo no, person yeah, meal. The guy I work with, this guy, Big Bob, he used to eat a 40-piece <laughs> nugget. First off, it was just two 20-piecers that they yes. gave. But I think they had a deal or something at one point. It was two 20-piece two nuggets, like four drinks and two fries. And he claimed, one person. Yeah. He claimed that was just for one guy. And, <laughs> and that guy's name's Bob. He's dead now. He yes, a, he is dead. He died of a heart attack, as far so, as I know. As we were talking about all these things during the week, it somehow led to me taking a challenge upon myself. Mm-hmm. Where I would get this, uh, which it was called the Eagles tailgate box, even though football season is over. Okay. And I got that last night, and I sat down and challenged myself to eat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't like a speed challenge where I had to eat it on a thing, but I figured I'd give myself an hour. Yeah. I ate this entire box of everything I just named to you in 33 minutes. 33 minutes you had I know. It. Do you know how I know that? Because I put Starman on because Jess had never seen it before. And I had it. I started eating right when I put it on, and then and I then you actually it. ate right before you fell asleep. Yeah, exactly. thirty-three minutes in. It is a hard movie to watch. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, let me tell you. I looked up when, after you told me you had it. Also, you gave me a note on Twitter. You sent that you were going dark because you were about to hit the challenge. And Conquer then, the box. And then it seemed like ten minutes later, you're like, "I'm back." I was like, "What the hell happened?" But uh, what you ate, Eric, was. Uh, 3,100 calories, oh, 168 grams of fat, and 5,480 milligrams of salt. Did you did you add anything to it? Did you add another fry? Did you have a drink? You probably sat there with a two liter, didn't you? Yes, I sat there with a two liter. Yeah, then add about 800 more calories. And how much uh, is my uh, sweet and sour sauce for my nuggets? Oh, uh, yeah, the sweet and sour sauce is probably about another 100 100 uh, calories. So you, oh, my God. You probably had over 4,000 calories in that one sitting. So how did you, you feel afterwards? Well, I was saying, I actually could have probably reduced that time because I, I, I stopped in the middle and had myself a cigarette because I needed okay. to fucking get some breath. You know, that's <laughs> how, how you get breath. You smoke <laughs> a cigarette. Halfway through, it was like you were done making love to that thing. You smoking <laughs> there. After, whew, all right. I then laid down on the floor 
and Jess, I just kept hearing, oh, from Jess because of all the groaning I had. From. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she made sure that any throughout the night that she would be quick in the bathroom in case I had to get there very fast. Yeah. You, but, did, but, you, had, you didn't have the runs. You had the sprints. No, I see. I haven't had anything yet. Oh, really? It is just It's because it's all there. just impacted in your colon. I'm going to die. Well, I was looking, too, and I saw, uh, since you seem to be up for another challenge. No, I'm uh, not up for another challenge. I was looking, and while I was trying to find these calories, I saw an article on McDonald's secret menu. And the one thing that I thought would um, – like, there's there's standard things that we had talked about before, like a um, Big Mac that had the Quarter Pounder burgers instead of right, the right. burgers. That actually sounds okay. But uh, one's the Monster Mac. <laughs> and that's on – supposedly you can go in and give them like a wink and a nudge and two, $2 under the table and you get the Monster Mac. Actually, I think it's about $7 they said in this article. But it's uh, a Big Mac with eight burgers. Oh, my God. And it, it looks massive. But I don't know. Again, they say all this stuff, but where are the – how are they putting that? Where are they putting that? It's not fitting in a box. No. Uh, it, I think a bunch of bullcrap. That's secret, the thing, and I, be, I, I don't really eat McDonald's all that often, and I haven't had a Big Mac in like twenty years. Oh yeah, and yeah, I my really enjoyed the one him. I had. I'm saying the first one was excellent. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I could get into this, and the second yeah. one terrible. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. I told you we actually in in uh, backstory, my family got that meal yeah. on Thursday, and it fed the whole family. Yeah, <laughs> and then it just fed your big fat. Face. And I finished this in thirty three minutes. Well, what happened is uh, I ate one of the Big Macs, and my one son had uh, Big Mac, and he bit into it, didn't like it, so it was sitting there. And I will never let any food just sit <laughs> there. But then it was cold, so I heated up. And the Big Mac is one of the worst things to heat up in the yeah. microwave. It was the anything hot with lettuce, lettuce, dude. It was yeah. all sliding all over the place, but. And my personal thing off to Reggie, I wanted to give him a couple things that I love, that is shitty foods. And one is a thing called Frito Pie, which some people listening to this must know about. But it's basically you get chili and cheese whiz and pour it into a bag of Fritos, <laughs> shake that bitch up and start eating. And it's Jesus like Christ. it's cr- Christmas morning. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking, um, I really like like really crappy breakfast foods like corned beef hash. That's uh, I love Spam. And cream dried beef, which I'm thinking is just a you know this area of ours. There's people probably listening, and you can Google it up. And I'm telling you, I believe they call that shit on a shingle around they here. They do, as well. and also cream dried beef is might be one of the worst things you could actually look at a picture of. It, yeah. it does not look appetizing at all. But if you really want to enjoy cream dried beef, you make it and then put get get rid of the toast or you know hash browns that you put it on. You actually just pour it on bacon. <laughs> and then eat that. But some of the other things my mom used to make me, so you can see that my mom was the cause of all my crappy eating. We used to have breakfast, and she'd make us uh, eggs and bacon, and then she'd get bread and fry the b- bread and the bacon grease and right. just call it fried bread, and I'd eat it. And I thought it was delicious. And then uh, one of the big lunches she used to give us were sugar sandwiches with butter and sugar on it on bread. You sound like honey boo-boo. Yeah, I know. And then my number one crappy food that i like right now is also from a somewhat regional place but it's uh the pepperoni bagel from wawa oh, oh god it's here so good. and uh like we said me and you had talked about this pepperoni bagel over and over but it's one of the few foods that the longer it just sits under that heat lamp the better it gets and you <laughs> open it up it's wrapped in this uh tinfoil type 
wrapper and you open it up and inside is this red crap bacon or bacon pepperoni grease and oh it's it's got to be just the worst for you and i eat probably three of those a week so yeah yeah there's reggie but um also reggie had the a big big mail so i just a quick deal uh about the rap music that he wanted to hear uh my love of rap music and i i actually talked to you this week also about the fact that rap music to me seems like one of those things almost like comics where you have to watch what you like or say you like because your cred goes up and down depending on that but uh, you say that it's with everything but it's i everything. St- i really think that rap music is like if you say oh i like rap music oh i like uh, snow that that informer that that was a great song people they'll slice your throat i don't even know that track yeah you know it i'll 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 uh, sing it to you later but, uh, or you know hey i like vanilla ice that's you know if you I've seen Vanilla Ice in concert. Did you yeah. during his uh, hardcore? Yeah, hardcore. V Ice. Well, he did mention MF Doom, and I laughed because I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't think I liked MF Doom or knew MF Doom. The main reason is because most of my rap fandom came from early '80s to about '91. That yeah. was when I'm, I went off to college, and I had other things to do than listen to rap music, but. When I went to see him, like, MF Doom, I'm looking, and MF Doom was actually in, it was, his name was Zev Love first, and he was in KMD, uh-huh. who was in a song by one of my favorite bands, Third Base, <laughs> which I tried to push Third Base on you all the time, yeah. and in fact, I even sent you the video for the song Gas Face, which yep. Zev Love is in with the other guys from KMD. But the reason I sent it to you is because that was the one where Gilbert Gottfried's in it yelling about, you know, <laughs> here, sign on the dotted line. Because me and you Gilbert. are huge Gilbert fans. But, yeah, I, I love Third Base. Uh, I think they're one of the most underrated rap bands ever. I love Third Base for a completely different reason. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get there much. Um, the other no, things I liked, like, uh, like I said, I liked early 80s and then, like, till about 90, 91. But I, I always liked Run DMC, Eric B and Rakim. Obviously, NWA. They were like my favorites of all but time. Rob Bass. I liked the DOC. I didn't like Rob Bass. <laughs> I liked, uh, yeah, the DOC. I liked De La Soul. Damn one of my us. favorites. I, and I actually met the guys from De La Soul, and they were pretty nice. Uh, I liked Dougie Fresh. Too Short. I was, I was just naming a bunch of things I was listening down. But yeah, I used to watch your Yo! MTV raps every single day. I loved that. And Dr. Dre and Ed Lover? And I grew up Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. I like that with the... <laughs> <laughs> the Ed Lover yeah. dance. Uh, but yeah, and then his other thing that he wrote was funny because he asked about that NWA uh, line from uh, <laughs> freaking uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is there was something very similar when my son Zach was probably in first grade, first or second grade. He had a friend named Lorenzo. <laughs> In his class, I never met Lorenzo, but he'd always say Lorenzo. But every time he'd say Lorenzo, I kept yelling, me and Lorenzo rolling in a Benzo, which, of <laughs> course, is from NWA song, Fuck the Police. Well, yeah. Zach started saying it all the time, and then my <laughs> wife, Tanya, got so angry at me. She told me I can't do that. So. Yeah, but why? Well, why? because the, somebody at school realized what it was from and, thought that, I, yeah, and thought that I was uh, playing NWA to my kids. <laughs> Which I wasn't, but I, I loved it and I listened to it. But yeah, that's about it. I hope that that is enough cred for you, Reggie. 
Oh, yeah. oh and Reggie, I'd poison my body this week because of you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, really. He just mentions that we're all, we're, both of us are going to die, and that leads to you just gouging or gorging yourself with, with food. But I promise everybody listening that we are not great big fat people. No, we're not. That's the thing. We say all this, and we're it's not. It's like Buffalo Bill. We're not. Was she a great big fat person? Yeah, we're not big and fat. I'm little and getting Why? there. I'm trying to get there. I'm working my way to that. But the next email. One day I will be Jabba the American. Yeah, yeah. Boosh. The next one is from Chisanga from our site. She comments yeah. all the time. He or she. We never really, really found that out. I'm assuming it's a she because it ends in an A. That's where all right. I always go with. I go with that, yeah. It's going to get very angry at me. <laughs> uh, this one's directed to me. Hey, Jim, surprising you don't butcher my name. Many people outside my country do. Anyway, I was wondering what titles... Are you and Eric excited about reading a convergence? And what do you think may happen at the end? Like all the bottle worlds getting destroyed. And what do you want to be the ending of convergence? Such as some or all the worlds getting restored and become new earth scattered among the universe. Multiverse. Multiverse. Well, I said universe. Multiverse. Um, this actually leads to our first part of the news, which Dan right. Dio came in with a... Um, he released a video talking about Convergence, which I'm going to actually put the audio on the podcast, and then we'll come back and talk about it, and then talk a little about what Chisanga asked and stuff like that. So right now, I'm going to play that video. Jesus hmm, I'm going to learn to talk, too, while I'm doing that. I might have. It's from that freaking tailgate box that I had on Thursday. All right, here's the video. great about DC Comics is that these are stories that span all time and space, touching upon so many great characters and stories. When we've done things like Crisis on Infinite Earths, Zero Hour, and Flashpoint, we've altered the history of the characters. We've told different stories with them, and here, we're telling a story that not only touches upon every character and every generation of hero, but it brings them all together in one story, one event. And this is Convergence. There was a great expression from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Worlds live, worlds die, and nothing will ever be the same. Well, here in Convergence, we're going to follow the worlds that die. Follow them to the edge of the multiverse, where they have a chance for resurrection under the watchful eye of our greatest villain, Brainiac. This is the ultimate Brainiac, who steals cities at the moments of their destruction and places them under large domes and brings them to a planet outside of time and space where he can experiment on them. The heroes of the cities don't realize they're part of some grand experiment. All they know, they've been trapped under a dome for about a year, and they're all desperately trying to find a way to escape. Some of our heroes are trying to maintain order, but all of our heroes have lost their powers. And because of that, some of our heroes have just decided to quit. The reason behind Brainiac's actions is one of the true mysteries of the Convergence story. And the answer to that question will shock every generation of DC fan. At the beginning of the story, Brainiac disappears. And the void that Brainiac leaves is filled by the planet incarnate, Telos, a new villain we're introducing to the DC universe. He understands Brainiac's needs, he understands Brainiac's motivations, but he has a different plan. And he drops all the domes simultaneously and puts every city in conflict with the other. The result is a story about characters struggling for survival in a fight that will impact the entire future of the DC multiverse. And you'll see ripples from the story moving out in the very next month in some of the new series we're introducing in June. And more importantly, there'll be stories we'll be playing out for the years to come. Here with Convergence, we get a chance to revisit those characters that were left unresolved and tell that one last great story with them. We have the birth of Superman and Lois Lane's child, 
We have the resolution to Renee Montoya's question. We see some of the craziest battles ever assembled in DC Comics take place in this series. We get a chance to see Wonder Woman battling Joker Vampire. And more importantly, and most excitingly, Harley Quinn versus Captain Carrot. We brought some of the most classic talent back to the series that made them popular and brought them together with some of the hottest new talent of today. Len Wein returns to the character he created in Swamp Thing, working with Kelly Jones. And Dan Jurgens returns to the character that he killed, Superman. These are the things that we're excited about and we want you to be excited about too. This is an event not to be missed. All right, we're back. And you know what, Eric? That wasn't just a video. That was audio, too. <laughs> I know. Keep pushing. And here's the video. People, what's going on? There's no video. And here's viewer mail. And here you go. And here is, I don't know what else. What else is there? I have no idea, man. Here is a trailer. I don't know. But what do you think about Dan DiDio and his talk of convergence? I'm really happy that he came out and did it because, honestly, up until that point, I still did not understand what Convergence fully was. Yeah, I actually think that that kind of points to the fact that they're afraid that people don't know. Cause, yeah. And it's coming up. It, uh, the, if Convergence Zero comes out in, what, five days, four yeah, days? Yeah, something like that. comes out on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, I don't think people, I think they finally realize that they're talking about an event that they have people have no idea what it is and i listened to that and i got ex i got excited yeah me as well the one thing i have a problem with though is that how are these stories going to work if all of the heroes are powerless yeah i know i don't like I, well obviously that can't be the case i know he says that but in superman flying a power yeah it's flying yeah, his power and i see in the previews him flying so i don't know that Maybe. Are we relegated to metahumans? No, I have. I don't know. I have a feeling that when these domes open, then the powers come back. I think that while they were in these domes of um, Brainiac, that that right. kept the powers under wraps. Oh, so then they open up, and yeah, I get you. Now. That's what I think. I think the domes open, powers come back, and then they're pissed. They're ready. And they're ready to rock. One thing I found really cool about this is that, like, um, the, the whole story where he breaks it down, where how Brainiac, the Scott Brainiac figure that yeah, we've yeah, seen in yeah. Future Sand, is going around collecting, like, uh, worlds that are about to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool, because I, I didn't even think about this before, but since this was the, the Brainiac from Future's End, he came to Future's End, and like we saw in this week's Future's End, that world is gone now because Tim Drake went back and rewrote everything. Yeah, yeah. So he was there to collect this world right before it ended. I thought yeah. that, like, I it was really cool. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it sounded pretty cool, too. And I I like the little shout-out to their, what does he say, their, our most dangerous villain or our biggest <laughs> villain, Brainiac. Huh? Really? But I like that. I like that Brainiac is also not actually the big villain in the story. Well, Brainiac died in Future's End. Yeah, oh, yeah. He didn't die. He got pokemon yeah, yeah. So I, but he started it up, and then all this. But I, I'm pretty excited. And then to continue on with uh, Chisanga's mail, uh, some of the ones I was looking forward to. I was just writing down some of the things earlier, and I'm I talked on Mike Blanchard's um, Geekcast Radio. We kind of talked about a couple of these before, so I talked about it before. But I'm really looking forward to Nightwing Oracle, which you just put the preview up for. Yeah. Uh, Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters, which I know you're excited for. Yeah, I'm actually really yeah. excited. Supergirl, uh, Matrix, I like, and that also has Ambush Bug in with her. Uh, Suicide Squad, and that was that Frank Thierry's doing it, but it's mainly for the uh, Mandawaller, the walls back. The uh, wall, baby. Uh, Speed Force, 
uh, Justice Society of America and Batman and the Outsiders. I said, why his name all of them? No, those now. are about what I want. But it's weird how they Dan DeDio points out that Harley Quinn and yeah. Captain Carrot there. I'm like, that's a weird <laughs> one. Like, out of all the ones, they're just going to point out individual ones. And I think you know, you're going to name that one? It seems very odd. I actually odd. burst out laughing when yeah, he said that one. it seems so <laughs> odd that, again, yeah, I could just go down and name. But those are some of the ones I'm looking forward to. Which ones are you... I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, uh, the Convergence Superboy so we can get the Krypton, uh, Kryptonite, the Metropolis kid back with that awful, like, mm-hmm. with the buzzer around the hair. Like, it just yeah. feels so 90s to me. And this is the time when I was big in the comics. It was the early to mid-90s. I like, too, that he's doing, like, the Rob Van Dam in yeah. the back. Oh, God. <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to Hawk, man, just because I love Hawk, no, I knew you would want that, yeah. And that's the one thing that I thought of, though, when he said about the powerless. Is like, is Nth metal power? Because that's what it gives him the ability to fly. Yeah, I don't know. The whole power thing, that, that kind of threw me for a loop a little. Yeah, me as well. Right. Um, but I want to see Greenland and Parallax as well because it is uh, Emerald Twilight where Hal Jordan became Parallax and mm-hmm. that led to Zero Hour, which that's where I got into DC Comics besides for a few others. Like um, like Sh- uh, Batman Shadow of the Bat's going to be dealing with uh, Nightfall with Azrael Batman. Yeah. And that's what got me into reading Batman. I think it's that story arc. Deathstroke's going to be in that, right? They, it was a shout-out at the end of the issue. Yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, I believe so, yeah. yeah was, Showing his new toy or something yeah. like that, he said. Any but um, I, I'm sure there is. I was, just, I was trying really to egg you them. on to say another so I could go, oh, what are you going to name them all? <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't bite. You, you yeah. couldn't think of any. No, it's just that there's... I'm looking forward to quite a bit. It's just these are the ones that are right off the top of my head that I really want to look at. Now, um, the other part of Chisanga with um, do you want – how do you want it to end? And you want some of these Earths to be amongst them? How, and I think he kind of – he stresses the multiverse in that video, video, the audio of the video that we played. So I think that, yes, these worlds will then be – remain out there for people to use if they want to, but only in the multiverse. It'll be awesome. I really like, I was looking at the uh, Nightwing Oracle preview I put up earlier, and I just forgot how much I love that Oracle, uh, Barbara Gordon. I know I said this before when we were talking, giving shit about Cameron Stewart and his things, Mm -hmm. but I just love how the characters have actually aged throughout the progression of the DC universe, and that these are like our decent age for them to be. Like they've actually grown up like through the readers throughout the years, mm-hmm. and now everything was rebooted. And I got used to the new Fifty Two, but I'm really excited to see like an older Barbara Gordon, an older Dick Grayson, and I don't know. I just really dug. It's only like a one page preview, but I really dug it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't remember who the artist is off the top of my head for that one, but it, it looks amazing. Uh, did you like those new um, extended previews? That we got some this week. Those are weird. Yeah, they are weird. <sighs> uh, that, I wonder if those other extended pages are the things that we're going to get in the um, the convert. Uh, not that I, I'm all my brain just warped. The new books in June. Yeah, I was going to say if the new books are they going to kind of be like that where they? No, I, I was don't getting think so. all mixed up. No, I don't, I don't think they're going to the be anything like that. This is just uh, – those are just there for the reader to know at what point in time we're jumping into this story. Actually, now I know what I was – I wrote it down wrong. What I meant – do you think that each book when Convergence comes out – say it's Convergence Hawkman. Right. Uh, I think – I like the idea that they might have a couple pages just to get the readers up to speed on yeah. what that is. So that's what I was – I don't know. Yeah, what that's that. what they're doing here, which is really cool I with like Hawkman that. because it's, it's part of one of his biggest – it's like a four-part mini is uh, The Shadow War, which is one of his best mm-hmm. stories. And I like that we're jumping in at that point. And did 
he did mention kind of, or they show the video while he's talking, which you wouldn't be able to see, obviously, when you're listening to it here. But they mention about how it's going to have effects on the regular DC universe, and they show that new look of Batman and Superman. And Superman, Wonder Woman. Like, oh, yeah, what's going on? I'm. Re- it made me really curious. And honestly, I'm looking more towards Convergence than June, just because right now the June are just like these mysteries to me, and I fear change, like yeah, any good yeah. fanboy does, and. Uh, I am curious to see how this will translate to June and mm-hmm. like what that means for the rest of the news. I'm sure that these worlds are going to continue to remain after Convergence. Well, it's funny. Because- be- yeah, be- before, though, if you would have asked me that two days ago, I would have said to you, you know what? At the end of all this, it'll all be wiped clean. Nothing. Will- it's just two months that they're going to – but now I don't know. Now it must – yeah, they're going to leave them in the multiverse, but obviously it's going to affect something uh going on even if it's just the way superman and batman look or is this going to be a full out other batman now that's exactly i have no idea but i'm really curious to find out yeah i am too and for this to end shisanga i really have no speculation or even know what i'm looking forward to seeing happen at the end i just if these worlds exist that's awesome i love these worlds growing up i'm happy if they come back in some kind of capacity yeah that'd be awesome and again i I don't have a lot of uh, experience or history with some of these things as much as you do. Right. Uh, But that's why I'm kind of going into it now a little different where I'm excited to kind of see what it was all about and see how it kind of ties in now. So hopefully most people are like that because I thought originally that it was going to be like, okay, this is for guys like, you know, not even you. Guys yeah. that were like hardcore way back that have been um, kind of pushed aside with the new 52. They're trying to get them back. But then it kind of <coughs> seemed to me like, oh, man, they're going to run into this problem where they're going to try to get these old people back. They're not going to and they're going to alienate the new people. But hopefully yeah. it kind of leads to everybody just enjoying two months. I don't know. It's a long the, the, the thing that's scary is it is two months. That's a long time. And I was breaking it down last night because I was thinking of, like we were talking about the top five list for a reading like list to mm-hmm. work into this. And there are like ten um, infinite, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths like titles, yeah. ten zero hour titles, and twenty pre Flashpoint titles. Yeah. And that's how it's working out, which I thought I didn't realize it was that actually that amount of number for each. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I couldn't really break it down to our top five list from the way I wanted to do it from what it was. But it's really cool. And I was like you beforehand where I thought this was just going to alienate New 52 fans, old fans. It was just going to blow up in everybody's faces. But what it might do is get people interested and go back and buy a shitload of different trades. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it, it probably will. Actually, if that was going to happen, I would think that it would happen already. That people would be going now, like, oh man, this is zero hour. I gotta get involved and go get it now. But then I guess people don't read everything when it just comes out anyway. So there'll be people who will just wait when this convergence comes out and trade, and then they'll buy a freaking yeah. stack load of trades and hopefully and read this stuff. But yeah, um, make I'm DC still, number one. I guess the uh, next week we'll be talking a little convergence zero, so we'll be able to see uh, what's going on. I still don't know. I guess you said I'm gonna review it. I don't know. Well, it just seems like something, I never said that. <laughs> no, it just seems like something that we both should have some sort of say in the review. Like I said, like you review it, and then I have like my little take on it. It just seems bigger than than anything else. But we'll see. We'll flip for it. We'll have a rock paper scissors. We'll get, we can do that. But I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> I'm the rock paper scissors champ. 
You throw scissors every time. That's right. Scissors. <laughs> Sc- no, dynamite. <laughs> That's, what I used That's to right. To I don't like playing dynamite. with you. Yeah, I cheat. But um, I'm going to throw in a little bit more news here. I have a feeling that Daniel might talk about some of this stuff, but I wanted to hear from you because one of the big news items this week that isn't even DC-related, but uh, David Duchovny announced that X-Files is coming back. I fucking love yeah, X-Files, I know, man. that's why I threw it in. You're a huge X... What are X-Files fans called? Exophiles? Exophiles files? Or just, I think it's just X-Files with a PH. With a PH. That, that'd yeah. be pretty good. So you're an X-File? Yeah. Um, but, I, I'm telling you, in the 90s, man, X-Files was a way of life. Yeah? That was like the most important thing going on in the 90s. It for, was huge. For you. Yeah, for me. <laughs> that and sliders. You and my buddy Joe. He loved it, too. Oh, my too. God, I love that. Uh, I remember he was watching X-Files, and I watched Buffy. And I promised him that if he gave Buffy a try, I would watch X-Files. So he watched a couple episodes. I think he just started. We started from the beginning. He right. loved Buffy. He started being a big fan of Buffy. I That's never, the thing I watched. I never watched one X-Files. Episode. You're an asshole. I've never seen an episode. Well, I have every season. You can borrow them. Yeah. Okay. I actually, I think they're all on Netflix, so fuck it. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I'll get to that right now. Yeah. All I know is... <laughs> You know, watch Shawshank Redemption first. Get on the trolley already. And Green Mile. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I was going to name some other crazy movies. But uh, all I know is David Duchovny. That guy's a, a sex addict, right? Apparently. I tried yeah. going with that. Just said I, it doesn't work. No, no. Actually, I, I read a thing, too, that was odd. I'm starting to think that maybe he's bisexual as well. Is that, is that no a idea. thing? Or, well, in I saw they're going to have six episodes. Right. So it's not... Even a full season. Kind of like what Heroes is doing in the fall with Heroes Reborn. And and we'll get to that next. Oh, are we? Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Duchovny, there was an interview in the New York Times, and he confirmed that the X-Files would be filming and going on in Vancouver. That's what they've always filmed? Where the first five seasons of the show were filmed. Oh, really? I thought it was all of them. Nope. And he also revealed the six episodes will be a mix of serialized storytelling and one-off monster episodes. How can you do that in six episodes? <laughs> That's why I put it just to hear what you Jesus would say. Christ. Six episodes, and he says, uh, "I think I read." I love that... a monster. Of a... I love the monster of a week as much as anybody else. But mm-hmm. give me a goddamn story. Well, I'm in six telling episodes. you, it seemed as if the way he said were the first and the last episode, the first and sixth would be serialized, and the rest would all be monster of the week. Jesus Christ! So it's very odd, but that's why I put it there. And I actually put now, your dreams are all coming true. Now, yeah. if they bring back sliders. Quantum Leap, oh, The Incredible good. Hulk, and Jake and the Fat Man. You are in. You will I don't be know about ready those last go. two. Jake and the Fat Man, which also could be in the name of the podcast, Jim and the Fat Man, after that freaking Eagles tailgate box of yours. I still but don't yeah, feel I, good. I figured that uh, <laughs> that would be something you'd be excited. I'm sure Dan will talk about it as well. That's the so. thing. You're talking about David Duchovny. I don't care about David Duchovny. I care about Fox Mulder. That's all I want yeah. to see him play He actually ever. said, too, when he went back to watch all the things, that he said Mulder was the worst FBI agent who ever lived. <laughs> he did say that. He, he actually <laughs> said he was terrible. And he said that a lot of people were wondering if he was going to try to act like he did during the series, and he said he's become a better actor since then. But I want like he acted in the series. No, he said that he's not doing it. So. He's just going to play Hank from fucking Californication now. That's, That's all he's right. going to do. Yep. And you know I what I'm it. doing right now? I am acting that I care. So <sighs> there, I'm a good actor too, David Duchovny. The next piece of uh, news Why is... Why don't you like anything? I, I don't know. I don't like anything. Nothing. The next one is uh, Heroes Reborn news. Uh, Mas- Masioka. 
is yeah, going to be in. Yep, Masioka will be in. He's only going to be a guest star. Um, he's going to oh, be in that. You know what else? Only watch one episode of Heroes. Was it the first season, I hope? It was the first episode. Well, that's a great episode. And then my, my family, what happened is we were all going to watch it together. And it was during a summer. They were oh, watching I got it you on, to watch it. Yeah. yeah, remember? And they were watching it on Netflix. So yep. we watched the first episode the one night. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I, I actually like it. I went to work the next day, came home, and they were on episode seven. So I was done. <laughs> so they had already they had already watched. So I, I kind of fell. It had nothing to do with the quality or whatnot. But then you warned me that it gets bad. I'm and, saying, um, season two is bearable to a degree. It's just that it was yeah. during the writer's strike, and it was compressed, and a lot yep. of it was taken out. And then after that, it's terrible. Yeah, they, they got five through. Seasons. And they were on season three, and then they just stopped. All of a sudden, I stopped he- hearing anything about Heroes. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's coming back in the fall. And uh, Hero I'm sorry, I'm will sorry, be in I, it. It was four seasons. It was five volumes, okay. four seasons. Yeah, I think that, like I said, I think it was the third season they just gave up. Yeah. Uh, the next bit of news is something you're going to just kind of scratch your head why I put it in. But there is a new monthly subscription box service called Power Up Box. You know, I told what you about, about loot these. Crate? I told you about these loot crate and yeah. I don't know what these things are called. But uh, this one, uh, they say it's geared for epic geeks and gamers with the promise of exclusives with possible products from Capcom, DC Collectibles, Marvel, Star Wars, Nintendo and more. What do you Everybody's think about trying that? trying to get on this fucking box. Craze. I know. I was gonna. The only reason I I put this is because I I always see these unboxing videos and all these things. <laughs> and I, to me, I'm cheap. Yeah. Uh, that's just how it is. And I would never buy anything a subscription of something I don't know what the hell's coming. So one one week you might get like a shirt and a figure and it might be all bunch of nonsense but yet you've paid for i i'm not in but they're very popular would you ever do one no i don't think i'll ever no i I like to know what i'm getting i hate surprises that's what i'm saying i i don't people seem to love it there's also a thing when we actually were on reddit and kind of looked at reddit there was there's a like a secret santa thing on reddit where you kind of go and you kind of get mixed. Oh, I don't shit. like doing that with my friends. I don't, Fuck I, anybody else. Any Christmas, I would sneak and find anything that my mom and dad had gotten me, which wasn't much. But I remember the one year, to show my age, my mom had bought me Pitfall uh, nice. for the Atari 2600. And I found it in probably the end of November. And I had played the crap out of that <laughs> every day. And then I'd put it back in the, the closet. But yeah, I'm not good at waiting for things i'm you know i'm not good at keeping any secrets no if you you don't tell me anything You're a goddamn gossip i am i can't help it uh but i do want to see you do an unboxing video for imagine yeah just do what struggling to get that thing open that's I'll another thing though i have a lot of problems when i open boxes like that it'd be the worst video ever that's that's what I have. No, and the other thing I want, I, I'm telling you, if I do a video, it's just going to be me, like, like, and now the unboxing, and it's going to go to a fast forward with the freaking Benny Hill music playing as I and then like a blowtorch gets pulled out, fall on the ground. Actually, I want to see like an unboxing where a guy's like, "Okay, here's the unboxing." It takes the freaking real three seconds it takes to open a goddamn box. You got a box cutter, boom, open. There you go, guys. See ya. Throw this thing out because half of this stuff is a bunch of garbage. Jesus Christ. What I don't like about these boxes, though, I put at the end, is I hate when we get these comic book numbers. And I think I even, was it last week or the week before, whenever it was, when I was having you guess what the number one comic was? Oh, right, right, right. And it was Orphan Black. Yeah. Because uh, it- Motherfucker skewing my numbers. 350,000 of them were for Loot Crate. 
Yeah, I hate that. And actually, it made me think, and I, I didn't, I'm too lazy to go look. I'd love to see, like, a say you have a, um, I'll just, for instance, Flash. Say right. Flash 38 comes out. Normal deal. Okay, I got my Flash. Flash 39's a loot crate. So all of a sudden, it's 500,000. I would love to see when Flash 40 <laughs> comes out, how much that is against the one before the loot crate. If it actually affects the numbers then, that all these people got loot crate kind of jump in on the book. Do they do anything? I, I'd like to see that. but Well, you can. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm too lazy to go see. Plus, like, an orphan black's an odd one. I think that was number one. It was number one. So, and then I think that um, the Walking Dead had one in in a loot crate or something. Walking like that. Dead and does well. Every that's what I was going to say. Anyway, and so. it was a weird one. It was like one ten. I forget what it was. But yeah, I, but I'd like to see if they ever had one that was like the maybe a beginning of an arc, but of a a further outnumbered series where you're in like a Batman. 25 instead and then, of like orphan black number one yeah star number, wars, one number one is one, weird because yeah. yeah next time yeah and the star wars number one because you can't you can't judge of what you would have had before yeah uh but man it's the i kudos to the orphan black i if that was idw i forget who it was uh yeah kudos to them for grabbing that in there because i'm sure they they had to get some fans from that or people just grabbed it it's the unboxing video where the orphan black comic goes over the shoulder into the freaking garbage <laughs> Uh, but you know what now is because now I'm done talking about news and then we're going to hand it over to Daniel and his going to get more in depth? Well, probably. I don't know. Well, you don't listen to the podcast. No. I don't know what the hell was going on when Dan did the news last week. You know I'm what? telling you, I sent a note to you like, you've got to listen to this news. You sent me the audio file. Oh, my God. Well, the problem is you hadn't heard Daniel's other news. Right. Daniel usually comes out like a shot out of a cannon. That guy, is he's <laughs> hyped. He's ready to go. Last week, I'm telling you, I said right away, I thought that ISIS had kidnapped him. He was in the back of the van, and the last <laughs> thing he was going to do was record the news because I don't know what was going on. I, I know mean, he was heading I, to Cancun, but Jesus Christ. should have been, help me. Yeah, I starts as I didn't listen. He's tapping SOS <laughs> as he's going. He's like talking and... I think myself. I think you had Liam Neeson on the other lines yeah. giving out the geek news. <laughs> you will be taken. Yeah, you will be taken. Just know where you're, you're going to go. And oh my god, but Harrison Ford's a good driver. Oh, usually, this news starts and it's like, "Hello, geeks. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to rock. All right." This one's like, "Okay, guys, this is the geek news." It's like somebody had a trick. I don't know what they were doing to him. I'm assuming we we talked that the one time you said that it'd be cool if he was actually recording while he was working. Right. He might have been in the bathroom. Like I don't know what what was going on. In a closet somewhere. The guy was like a day away from heading off to Cancun. Sounded like he had lost everything in his life. <laughs> Speaking of which, the guy sends us a, a note. He got in a car accident. Correct. Yes, correct. Seemed like his whole world had crumbled down on him. Since then, he got a new DSXL, a 3DS XL. He's off to Cancun. I want to get in this car accident he was in. <laughs> I'm going to get in a car accident. Next, I'm going to have a personal jet. And uh, I don't know, somebody scrubbing my feet. Why what is going somebody on? somebody scrubbing your feet? I don't How know. Does that Isn't that what fancy, you fancy want? people do? I'm going to be sitting there, cigar, bow tie, big top hat, somebody scrubbing my feet. My feet need a scrubbing. Gross. I got some real stinky feet. Gross. Let me tell you. 
Oh, believe me, I know. My one son, Ethan, is next to me, and he's just shaking his head right now because he knows. But he's talking. He's got smellier feet. Jesus so there, Christ. take that, buddy. Yeah, his armpits do stink. Did you hear him say Yeah, that? I heard him. Yeah, yeah, we got a smelly family. <laughs> we got a smelly family that likes N.W.A. All right, Daniel, take it away. Please. <laughs> uh, you don't want to badmouth him about his reviews before we go? No, I'm good this week. Okay. Let's go with Daniel's Geek News. All right. Hello, Weird Science. Dan coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. This was actually a really exciting week for me uh, because there was a piece of news that I have been waiting to hear for a long time, and finally it has come out. Uh, Chris Carter, Gillian Anderson, and David Duchovny have officially announced that they are teaming up again to bring the X-Files back to TV. Uh, Chris Carter is going to be executive producing the series and said that the show is going to be a balance of mythology episodes and Monster of the Week episodes. Uh, pretty much it's going to be a, a six-episode miniseries that's set after the events of The X-Files, I Want to Believe, which was the last movie that came out about seven years ago. Uh, the episodes are going to film this summer supposedly in Vancouver. Uh, the only thing that I haven't seen announced yet in regards to this is whether or not the X-Files Season 10 comic and the events that happen in that comic are going to be considered part of the continuity still. Uh, when this first started, Carter had said that because he was executive producing it, he was going to make sure that it was considered canon and that it would fit in. But now, all the articles I'm seeing that are talking about this new series are saying that it's going to be set after the film, and there's no mention of the comic book anywhere. So I'm going to be excited to see what happens with that, but I'm looking forward to seeing these episodes when they air. Showtime also announced that Twin Peaks is going to be making its return, while NBC announced that it was bringing a new season of a coach revival with Craig T. Nelson falling back into his role from that old series. Robert Kirkman revealed that the Walking Dead spinoff that has been rumored for quite a while and has been receiving cast members finally has a title. Uh, the title for this is Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I'm not really excited about that title. I feel like uh, they could have came up with something a little bit better, but I guess it's good to have a title that ties in with what the uh, show that it's spinning off of is. Ryan Reynolds tweeted the first official photo of the new Deadpool costume, and it's him laying on a bearskin rug in the costume, and it looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Not so much the Green Lantern, even though he wasn't the bad part of that film, but he was born to play Deadpool. And also in picture releasing news, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, there was a photo of him released as Lex Luthor on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. I'm very impressed. While I do feel that he looks a little bit like a young Michael Berryman in the photo, uh, I'm definitely confident now that he's going to be able to portray uh, at least a semi-quality uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, sorry this has been so short this week, guys. I am going to run, though, now. As always, you can check out my DC and Vertigo reviews, or my digital DC and Vertigo reviews on the site. And, of course, you can check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. I'll see you next week. This isn't ISIS. This isn't, you know... You know, no one's dying. Break it down. You think we rule the world and it's kind of scary, but our influence has gone extra planetary. We build satellites and make all your sallies work, while you're the douche on Earth acting like a jerk. Among us nerds, it's all sugar and spice, and we're studying the cosmos like Neil deGrasse Tyson. And we're back. All right. How you doing, Eric? Same as I was before. Good. That 
one minute didn't affect anything in your life? Not a damn thing. Actually, I, to you know, keep up the illusion that probably three minutes. That I Daniel's usually about three to five minutes. You like that news? I didn't you like to that it. new stuff. I'm gonna get a little sexy again, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like getting sexy. Any uh, as you like. Oh uh, yes, I don't want to get you too excited. Uh, you know what section this is of the podcast? The section that everybody wants. The books. No the nonsense. Books. None of our bullshit. The books. Are we gonna spoil stuff in this section? Oh, we're gonna spoil the hell out of stuff, yep. man. Remember that robot said at the beginning of the podcast. Thank God. Yeah, we're going to spoil stuff. And I missed that robot. As always, we were not very professional. Uh, if you want to write in to us on that way long ago thing that we did listener mail, uh, write into weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and we'll be sure to read. Even if you go ramble on about some Marvel stuff that Please I Please no, don't do that. No idea about. I think that's going to be a thing now. People just writing stuff that's like, 10 pages long while they're sitting there writing on a wall. I think I said I, I can see that guy. He's there in his room, and he's got pictures up with yarn. He's writing <laughs> crazy shit that you only see when the lights go on a certain way. It's oh, acting like the question. Oh, my gosh. Whew, my head still hurts. And you know what? It's going to hurt more because your comic is first. And what comic is that, Eric? The Multiversity Ultra Comics Number 1, written by Grant Morrison with art by Doug Mankey, Christian Alami. Mark Irwin, Keith Champagne, Jaime Mendoza, Gabe Altabe, and David Barron. What did oh, you yeah. think of this book? What did I think? Well, I'm saying you are kind of a virgin. Though. Did you read Multiverse? What did you call me? <laughs> a virgin. No, I didn't read it. Uh, any? You haven't read any of the Multiverse um, besides uh, for this? Yep, this was it. This what are your first it. impressions? Um, I liked it. I was, right. I, uh, my head hurt a little oh, afterwards. but God. um. No, I liked it. One thing, um, it scares me when a comic book talks directly to me and yells at me. <laughs> I, I get know, yelled right? at enough in normal life. I don't need <laughs> my comic books yelling at me, but it did. And um, again, it, it's a weird beginning, but it tells you exactly what you're going to get then. Yeah. Uh, it actually was a really good beginning. And then, you know, I don't want to say that Grant Morrison is deep and has layers and all this, but <laughs> this probably is a book that um, you read a couple times. Oh, yeah. It's like one of those movies like um, Fight Club. Fight Club. Or I was actually thinking Memento. Yes, Memento. You know, anything like that that, you know, everybody, oh, you got to see it eight times first. I think Primer. the, the director, Primer? yeah, yeah. The director says that so they can make money. <laughs> you got to see my movie 80 times and then it still sucks. But no, this was really good. I liked it. I thought it was kind of uh, Grant Morrison poking fun at himself, comics, DC, everything. Well, this is a comic everyone's been waiting for in Multiversity because it's the cursed comic of Doom. Yeah, it's the cursed comic, yeah. That yeah. you see in every issue when we finally get to read it and we yep. find out why we're all doomed. Mm -hmm. It is a fourth wall-breaking meta, meta story that is actually the conduit for the gentry to access different worlds throughout the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that, you know that, a, just that phrase hurt my head. <laughs> Do you know what a topa is, Jim? No. Well, I was looking this up. This is, is that like something that you put on like a pizza crust and then pour ketchup on it? 
That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it didn't. I think I have to agree with Reggie about all your <laughs> terribleness. Yeah, you can go to hell. But, but no, I, this is what I was thinking of when I was reading Multiversity. A Topa, because I used to be into all that spiritual stuff when I was mm-hmm. younger and shit, like in like different religions. Like, like I was born a Lutheran. I was ordained a priest witch in 2002, and I was ordained a minister last year. You know what else you are? An asshole. An asshole. <laughs> go but on, no, what I, is a Topa? Oh, no, I, got, I wrote this down here. Okay. According to Alexander David Neal, topas are magic formations generated by a powerful concentration of thought. It is a materialized thought that has taken physical form and is usually regarded as a symbolism for a thought form. That is, this is essentially ultra. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Who is Alexander David Neal? I think he's a dude who wrote a book. I don't know. That was one of the things I looked I'm up. I'm looking and at they this have... son of a bitch. He's actually, uh, he's died in 69. Who the hell... He's a Belgian-French explorer, spiritualist, Buddhist, and anarchist. Yeah, what's the name? I don't care what the hell the guy said, but yeah, the Topa. I say a thought form is a big thing in Buddhism, where you concentrate hard enough something and you make it real. Okay, you know who Con- he influenced a lot? Uh, Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg were very influenced by this guy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Freaking, but like, uh, and uh, it, Stephen King's it, Pennywise was pretty much a Topa. Okay. Like, you're... Her thoughts made it real and it made it physical and it could hurt you. And that's what the great thing is because this comic book, like you and me and everybody else in the world who's been reading it, we're the ones creating the hero to fight the gentry in this. And mm-hmm. it was a really cool idea. And I'm saying it was a meta-meta story because it was a comic within a comic. Within a comic a, within a comic. No, no, not only that, but it was, broke the fourth wall and then it was our comments inside of this yeah, book. Yeah, like which you read, you read people talking about, like, oh, I'm done with this. And there it is. The monster's a big egg. Big yeah. egg with wings. Don't forget. Yeah, evil I actually wings. thought that that was like a kind of a, a dig at people as well. That's kind of like a dig at the jerk-offs with, the, oh, here we go, uh, an egg. My, my favorite one was this Spider has raped my wallet too many times. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think you've said that yourself about Grant Morrison. Yeah, I think I have as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he thinks he's so deep, does he? Fuck uh, this. <laughs> oh, he's like Shrek. He's got layers. No, but you definitely should read this book because it is the book that you've been waiting for. If you've been following Multiversity, we see what's going on. And this is actually what allows the gentry to access our world. It's Ultra's telling you stop reading, but it's too late. And it was a really cool book that really blew your fucking hair back. Yeah. Um, nine out of ten, definitely. Yeah, I would have given it probably a nine out of ten. I love the art, Doug Mankey's art. Which is always good. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. I said I thought that uh, the uh, big eye villain was kind of poking fun at the Future's End brother's eye with kind of the way he said, but you said that he's been doing that. I there were saying there were some concepts on here which i didn't quite understand because i don't know it, it seems like they're new concepts to me or if i'm just not remembering other multiversity issues because they're so goddamn long and layered the fuck up but they kept saying the hit and the gentry as if it was like the gentry is this bigger thing and this one-eyed egg-winged monster is uh the hit i don't know i was kind of lost on that i have to go back and reread it yeah yeah like i said i just only reading this one I can, what we read this week, I kind of laughed because I thought that the big eye was kind of making fun of Brother Eye in the uh, right. Future's End book, and he kept saying you, but it was why you, right. kind of like the eye for Brother Eye, and I don't know. I thought that he was kind of poking fun at just about everything he could. So, and you, this being the first one you read, I bet you're happy as hell that you made me review it. Yeah, yeah. I, the multiversity series as a whole. I would have just made, I would have went generic. I, my review would have been like, you wouldn't believe what happens at the end. 
The art was top notch, and you'll never Stellar. believe what Grant Morrison's doing this week. <laughs> yeah, I'd go to the uh, the, the review for dummies, and uh, away we go. That yeah, review would have been so easy. You're going back to the well for your fucking. Oh, catch I just words, did, you know? man. I freaking every catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> that Grant Morrison's he's layered. You're gonna have to read this more than once, fellas. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to just write a whole thing. I'm going to do every review uh, next week. I'm just going because I think if, if I do do convergence, uh, do do. If I do convergence, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go full out generic. So it's I guess gonna, I'm reviewing uh, It's going to take me 30 seconds. And actually, I'm just going to have phrases. And again, like I said earlier, I'm just going to grab words out of a, a hat. That's what I'm going to do. And then eight out of ten. I'm trying think to think I'm of some other things I can say. The changes, uh, the oh, no. the artist, the artist changes really had bad transitions. It was a roller coaster ride all oh, the way yeah, through. That'd be great. This is not uh, only action packed, but it's mind bending as well. You'll it pay, makes you think while you laugh. You'll pay for the seat, but you'll only need you'll the only, edge of it. You'll only ever need the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow. It'll be, Come and see Shirley Muldowney, the queen of speed. I, I don't know why it's thrown in there. And the next thing I Sunday, know. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Sally Star's there. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would have given it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it was really cool. Though. I, I dug the hell out of it. I will be going back and rereading it, though, because it was some of it was over my head for even reading all of Multiversity. I'm glad I didn't say that because you would have made a short joke. <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> oh. My next book, or my first book, the next book, we're off today. You're I, off. I am. I'm really off. I'm going to, here, I'm going to sip a little uh, gridlock. I haven't mentioned gridlock in a while, um, but I'm going to take a big gulp now so I can get some energy to talk about my next book. Here we go. I'm saying that you give me shit if I open up a soda pop and you can hear it. And you're going to announce that you're going to freaking take a sip of gr uh, gridlock. Whew. It goes down like battery acid. Yeah. Oh, I just belched. All right. The Flash number 40, written by Robert Venditti and Van Jensen, art by Brett Booth. You know what this ends? This ends the future Flash, Savage Lands of the Speed Force story. And you know what? I had tons of fun while I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I was a huge fan of this, this story. Um, looking at other reviews and seeing things on Twitter and other miserable places... I think I was the biggest fan of this story. So do and, I. Yeah, I really I think I am. And I, I really liked it. And one of the things about it was it just was fun. I thought that it was uh, just, you know, a comic book story that I had fun with. Didn't have to think too much. I do like the whole time travel bit with Future Flash, even though it, it, they kind of end it a little forced and a little, I don't know, I, I, I'm going to start sounding like I'm negative about this because I really did like this issue. Um, the one thing I did like, I, Overload, I actually liked him as a villain going into this issue. But I liked him just because he was kind of goofy. He didn't like cell phones. I think I said in my review that, yeah, that's like everybody over 60. Like, Overload to me comes off like a cross between Gentleman Ghost and Atomic Skull. Yeah. Um, what I said in the review actually was up until now... I loved Overload. It was all about his character design. It was all about Brett Booth because I did right. like I liked the idea. And again, it kind of ties in. He's a guy who doesn't like uh, modern technology because it gives him a headache. Mm -hmm. uh, so he looks like an old time kind of like a 
you know, a guy who rides a carriage. I'm you saying, though, just because I don't like something doesn't mean I'm going to go, like, fucking 100 years in the past to, like, for my wardrobe, though. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? I think he, he's there. He, he's never updated his look. But in this uh, issue, he becomes more of a threat, and I like that. At least we get this last issue where he straight up, like, takes off Flash's hand. Yeah, Future Flash. Cool. But in the meantime, also, I like the idea. Flash came in, he has this blue Flash suit. It never really explained. It just was... Never. Obviously, I think that you would go with what I thought. They just did that so you were, you knew it was Future Flash. Yeah, that's right. That was the only the reason. Time. But, in fact, they called out the this future. Issue. Future Flash. Future Barry tells uh, Overload that he had actually made this suit to combat Overload. He's yeah. been back this whole time to get Overload. He's finally going to be able to do it. Um and he does. He uses a crazy uh, method where he, he taps into all the cell phones sitting around. He uses what um, what Overload is. Overload's weird, though, because he hates cell phones, but yet he's going to use all this power to just destroy everyone. So Barry ends up taking it down. Lo and behold, Overload's okay. And it's funny because after, the, after everything's taken down, Overload's fine. He actually thanks him. He's, oh, yeah. this is great, but... Again, this whole future Barry thing is secondary to me for the Savage Lands of the Speed Force is what I really had enjoyed, where Barry, our Barry, is in the Savage Lands of the Speed Force, and he's met up with this Selkirk guy who has promised to get him out of the Savage Lands and back to his you know, normal life in Central City. At the end of last issue, we find out that's not really the case. Selkirk is kind of uh, using Barry to kind of get himself out, and he's a dick. Correct. Correct. I, yeah. I'm, I have to disagree, though. I'm more about the future flash. You like the than future I about... flash? No, I, I, uh, I thought the uh, the Barry and the Savage Lands was fun. It was that fun was... to begin with, but then it got older, it got a little bit boring, and then this issue actually I called shenanigans when reading it because now it's everybody in uh, the Speed Force Savage Land mm-hmm. is an asshole. Everyone well, has been an asshole this entire I just, time. Here's the deal. Maybe they weren't the entire time, though. Maybe you're in the Speed Force for like. 600 years and you just want out you're gonna do anything you can also though because like barry's saying throughout this whole thing like if you just would have told me i would have helped you blah 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 and the dude wants to steal his speed force power and then when he gets fucked up barry just leaves leaves everyone behind barry leaves everyone and the worst part for it to me was do you know how you get speed force powers magic fucking words i'm in a goddamn speed force land he he learned the proper procedure yeah, you've got a blood sacrifice. It's fucking bullshit. Actually, what if, the, the thing I think is bullshit, I don't mind the rest of that stuff. What I think is bullshit is basically he's making it seem like he has to kill Barry to uh, get the Speed Force powers himself and get out of there. Yeah. He doesn't kill him, but yet Barry gets the power. Yeah. And it, it seemed weird. And in the meantime, Selkirk gets half his face they burned off. They both get the power. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He gets half his face burned off. And then... Uh, Barry comes through a portal into Central City, and Selkirk follows him. But again, I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, that's basically what I know that it seemed a little forced, and some things were a little stretched. Uh, it really was. But what happens is uh, Barry, future Barry, <laughs> Selkirk are there, and we've already established in the run that you can't have more than one speedster. So they know something's bad's going to go down. So they go out of town. They don't act like Superman. 
and just destroy Central City. <laughs> That's what I thought of. Yeah, I know. They go out of town and uh, they're going to fight. And Future Barry says, "Listen, let me sacrifice myself to um, make this right." And he does. Selkirk gets thrown back into uh what appears to be the savage lands yeah, i'm not even back. sure no it, that's what it was they never really spelled it out and then if it is how is professor zoom there because before nobody has powers in the the speed force the only thing they can explain maybe is when barry and all this happened when they sacrificed him that it caused some ripple in that and that's what caused him to have the powers because he's full out power at the end oh yeah but in the meantime future barry he sacrificed himself. He gives him a little hint that you got to find Thawne. That's going to lead you his, to uh, what's that? Was his final words? I boned your girlfriend. It was not. It was Thawne. Oh. It was Thawne. That's a clue to uh, you know. I had never found who murdered a mother, but look for Thawne. And yeah. then um, at the end, you see Professor Zoom. But the thing that I hated, and I told you this at work this week, Barry comes back. Oh, and. He said, it's the worst moment ever. He goes to Patty and basically says to her, you know what? It, it was tough. I was in the Savage Lands. There were dinosaurs and robots and robot dinosaurs. But you know what <laughs> kept me going? The thought of coming back to you. You are the one thing that I thought of that kept me going and made me live and want to come back. And she says, that's nice. I'm leaving. I'm out. And I'm telling you, it's in the, the next sentence. She's not even like, hey, thanks there, Barry. I got to... Nope, I'm Her leaving. Her bags are packed. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And basically she explains that, hey, I know that that future version of you doesn't really have to be you. You guys have the same eyes. Every time I look at you, I, I see those eyes. I'm out. <laughs> and through this whole arc, I said in my review that Iris and Patty... Both being just jerks. They're, oh, my God. There's a fight in there when uh, Future Flash is finding Overload. And Patty and Iris are so worried that this Flash is going to kill Overload that they basically are stepping in front of him. It's awful. But I like I liked the issue. I like the whole arc. Um, again, it's weird. So, I, I'm finding – I think you might agree that a lot of these books are ending – uh, arcs, but they still yeah. seem rushed. It's very odd, but now I've seen it in almost every book that I have that um, even though this move was coming and we knew about it way ahead of time, things are all ending arcs very oddly, like rushed. And yeah. this was a little rushed, um, but I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought the art was great. Oh, that's the um, best part. Of it. I love Brett Booth is one of my favorite artists at DC. Yeah, he's one but of mine I actually found myself confused at some of the panel layout in here really. for what well, was he, actually going down. He does get a little fancy with his panel layout, where you know you have a lot of um, jagged edge panels and things squished together and things uh, overlapping. But yeah, I, I guess that it's because I've been reading, you know, the book for a while that you kind yeah. of get used to it. It it happened a lot. Um, with uh, Bucciolato on Manipal when Francis Manipal was doing that, yeah. too. He was big on... And, you know, who else did that a lot was uh, Andrea Sorrentino on Green Lantern, or Green Arrow. A lot of these guys get a little fancy with their, their panel layouts that when you first jump in, it, it's a little tough to follow. little jarring, little jarring, yeah, I yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say about uh, multiple artists. That's when my uh, generic <laughs> reviews 101. The art transitions were jarring, but that didn't ruin the fun. But no, no, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I Again, I'm not going to apologize. I know I'm high. Uh, I'm high. I know that I'm usually uh, high on this book because you know what? 
I'm high on this book. I'm saying this I ending like though was it was even worse than when Tom Hanks came back to Helen Hunt and freaking cast away. No, that was worse. <laughs> that was worse. I said I'd like to have a video where I go out on like a a lake, go fishing, and I fall in the lake, and a guy comes and he swims out, gets me. I've been in the lake for thirty seconds. My wife is already remarried and has three kids. <laughs> like what happened? But yeah, I gave this a nine five. I'm the highest of every review that I've seen, and I like it though. I think at most I would have given it a seven five. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're a jerk. I little bit. What's your next book? My next book is Future Zen number forty seven, written by Brian Azzarello, Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, and Keith Giffen, with art by Andy McDonald, Alberto Ponticelli, Alan Goldman, Dan Green, and Hi Fi. Hi Fi. Hi Fi. Hi Fi. What'd you think? We see the actualization. I said we see the actualization of what Batman Beyond told us like a while ago about Tim Drake not having a future here. When Terry dies and Tim Drake puts on the Batman Beyond uniform, he becomes Batman Beyond. Yep. And it, that was so cool. Yeah, it was. Batman didn't think so. No, Batman was a fucking <laughs> jerk. He's pissed. That guy. It. It's great because Tim calls him out on it. It's like you're the only one who you want to have save the world. It's funny. You're I a put- jerk off. I put it in my review, too, it's talking about that rock, paper, scissors earlier, that they were talking about going back uh, with Batman Beyond's original plan of going back in time and stopping Brother Eye mm-hmm. to the actual point where he was supposed to go. Yep. I figured at the one point, they're just going to fucking straight up rock, paper, scissors to find out who goes. Actually, my favorite uh, would have been if they're talking about it, and the reason they don't is because of the weight issue. And I mm-hmm. wanted Tim to, as he's going back, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> freaking bust on him they're man, not us <laughs> yeah batman's being a jerk but they the thing i said to you i hadn't been reading the futures end the whole time i fell off it but no. now i'm back because of the podcast and plastique at the one point calls batman a dick and then um tim drake goes no no dick's a better man For some reason i did not think they were going there you said I, that they've done this a lot. No, not a lot. This is the second time they've had they forced this dick joke okay, in there, well, and it didn't work the first time. I don't know why they're no, trying again. It didn't work for me because I kept going back. I thought that I was <laughs> missing a page. I'm like, where's Dick? What the hell are they talking about? And yeah, then I realized, wait a second, she's calling him a dick. What a what a jerk. But yeah, he was being a dick. But uh, they they call in Firestorm in this, which is kind of cool because you have Tim in the Batman Beyond costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison Payne is now Firestorm. So when she first arrives, because they need her to like uh, battery power up the uh, time device. Yeah, yeah. And they're gonna you know use her powers and whatnot. Fucking Batman Beyond. Re- I mean, Tim realizes that this is Madison right away. Walks up, and just starts making out yeah, with her. Yeah. Whoa, 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 buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, who it was you are. Good. But then he shows it's Tim. No, no. Good. She actually seemed to know from his kiss. No, I didn't get that till his yeah, mask I, came I off. Kinda, yeah, she, I think she was already saying it as the mask was coming off. Like, no, he's got bullshit. some tongue movement people that do only this Dick fucking... knows, or only Tim knows. Now I'm saying Dick. But no, people yeah. do this all the time in movies and comics where they know the kiss. That is bullshit. I, I think that I'm looking at it now because, yeah, it made me laugh. Because I was also thinking, oh, what's his name? What's he thinking inside the Firestorm Matrix? Jason? Yeah, Jason's like, I recognize that tongue. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Though, you um, you called a lot of nonsense on my Flash business. Yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it now. She knows that it's t- the mask is on. The mask does not come off until they start talking then. Yeah. So they kiss. Then she's like, Tim? Tim! But, yeah, I think it, I think it was what's-his-name inside that knew the kiss. 
They'd been, they'd been <laughs> What's kissing. his name? Yeah. Jason. Jason. Come on. I, I I don't know what the hell. I the problem is is I keep thinking that with all these changes in it that it's some other guy. Yeah, Jason. You know but what no. I didn't like though? I'm going to cry nonsense to you. You you cried nonsense to me. I'm going to cry nonsense to you. The, the world is ending. Yes. There are pretty much zombie attack going on. Oh horde. And Madison and Tim go to talk it. Talk a little. Hang out at the the edge of the building and talk. I think all it's what Batman's is, given him. All the shit is going down. I mean, they show these these zombies are trying to get up, and they're like, oh, Jesus, we're in trouble. Hey, can I go talk to my girlfriend? Yeah, dude, this is the final – this is the hero's sacrifice right here because he doesn't – he's not coming back from this in his mind and anybody else's mind either. Nonsense. Batman allows them to hold – they're holding the line so Tim could say goodbye to the woman that he loves. Mm-hmm. A bunch of nonsense. This is camaraderie at its finest because they're all heroes. They know that Tim's about to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an excellent moment. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. I just thought it was a little nonsense. They could talk right there. They go and they're just like feet dangling off the building, kicking their feet and talking, and everybody was, else is getting attacked. It was a quick goodbye, and then Tim mm. jumps back in time, and he goes to Brother Eye Satellite, and it's, and it's so awesome because this is right at the moment when the Earth 2 refugees are about to come through when Brother Eye sent out the beacon to them, <laughs> and Tim tells, them, uh, tells Brother Eye, don't do it. This will fuck up the world forever. Do not send your beacon. And Brother Eye, not being crazy yet, fucking, all right, we're not going to send the beacon. And to make sure this shit never happens in the future, he destroys himself. He sets his uh, self-destruct uh, protocol. And I don't know, this is the part where I call shenanigans because somehow Brother Eye knows about time travel and can send him oh, yeah. back to his own time. Yep, he's going to send him back. Out of nowhere, Brother Eye's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to send you back. Here you go, buddy. What? What are you talking about? Well, time travel. Yep. Where do you think he ends up? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where do you think he ends up? That's the thing. is The cliffhanger ends. It's so mysterious. He comes back in time or forward in time, bounces off trees, and we just end with him looking up at something saying, in my mind now, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Like Dr. Sam Beckett. I actually thought he was going to say, oh, what's this dome doing over me, and why is convergence happening? Well, I don't know now. That's what I'm getting. I actually think that he's in one of the domes. I actually am thinking about this now. This could actually tie in with um, the June title of Batman Beyond. Well, I, I actually thought that this was going to as well, that this would be, and it would actually be um, Tim. And that, actually, that sounds cool to me. But I, I don't really know. Cool. The way he's looking, I, I think he's in one of those domes. Well, I, the way he's looking, I'm not sure, because he, Brother I was going to send him back to his own time, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's judging off the technology of the Batman Beyond suit, which is 35 years from now, not five years from now. Yeah, that's true. So he could have sent him to Batman Beyond's actual revamped time now that that shit didn't happen. Yeah, it's just weird. What would he be looking at that he knows there's – because he's saying there's trouble. He could be looking at freaking Neo Metropolis. I don't yeah. know. They have Neo Gotham. I don't know if they have that'd Neo Metropolis. Cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be a good lead into the book. Yeah, I think it'd be an awesome way to buy it. And the worst part is at the end of the book, during the credits section, they always have these little like clips from the next issue, so you can kind of have like clues to what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Here you have nothing. Yeah, I'm looking. I I want to see what the Batman Beyond, uh, um, in June, what the um, solicit says. I can't remember what it said, but yeah, keep going. I'm oh, I'm, I, I'm pretty much done though. I oh, gave okay. this an eight out of ten. Like the art was a little sketchy at times. I'll agree with that because you didn't care for the art that much. Yeah, no, I thought it was bad. And in fact, I was looking through this and the part where um, Dick's talking to Madison or Dick. I keep saying Dick. Why did they have to throw that stupid joke in when Tim's talking to Madison? You got you got Dick on the mind. It happens. I, do. Dude. I always do. 
Uh, when Tim is talking to Madison is the part where I think it, the art really falls apart. Uh, Tim himself just looks awful. Well, um, this whole book, for like well, for when Batman Beyond first appeared, well, you know, that's the whole fucking book when Batman yeah, Beyond yeah. first appears. His looked magnificent, but since the end uh, of the series now, uh, what's his name? Andy McDonald has mm-hmm. been doing a lot of the art, and I have not liked his Batman Beyond in any issue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that that is that who was doing it at that point. Yeah, that really like rough. I'm I, saying actually, this is the best Batman Beyond I think I've seen him do. Oh really? Well, yeah. it changes them once he goes into the future. Then the artist obviously changes. There is oh, what yeah, I like yeah. to call a jarring transition of art <laughs> that really threw me out of the book. Now, uh, it's it's okay there, but when it's earlier, then it's like a really rough angular style really um pencil heavy i i don't like it at all it actually looks good on those zombie type guys but of the characters uh tim just looks crazy with that beard and all that going on but yeah i would have given this uh probably an eight what did you give it eight an eight see did you get that solicitation yet no i was looking i'm having problems finding it I'll, i'll look when you talk about the next book all right, Earth 2, World's End, number 25, written by Daniel H. Wilson, Marguerite Benet, Mike Johnson, and Cullen Bunn. And again, like most times, except for last week, shit ton of artists. I'm not going through that. Nice. And build. you know what? We'll stop because I <laughs> it took me that little bit. I do see the Batman Beyond. It says, at last, Batman Beyond gets his own ongoing series in the definitive future of the DCU. But this isn't the Beyond you think you know. With the Justice League missing and without Bruce to guide him, this new Batman will need to explore the bizarre world on his own while fighting to raise humanity from an opponent that's already won. The heroes Batman knew have failed, the world he knew has been turned on its head, and every step he takes will lead him either towards finding home, oh boy, or further <laughs> down the road of disaster. So it's... It, this is definitely Tim Drake. Yeah, it is. and But it doesn't... I was hoping it would say a little bit more, but yeah, that's what it is. And again, it's Dan Jurgens and then Bernard Chang. Yeah, this is art. definitely Tim Drake as Batman Beyond, like picking up from this series, which is so badass. Yeah, yeah. Are uh, you reviewing that or am I? Uh, you were. I don't know. Now I kind of yeah. want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll, I, uh, might, I, wanna t- I, wanna I might take... give you a Batman Beyond if you raise me a, a Batmite or something like that. You already have Batmite. No, you have you, Bizarro. You, I have Batmite. Yeah, yeah. You have Batmite. Well, we'll Mine's an ongoing. That's a six mini. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to get the solution many. So then I want one of those weeks where I have two reviews and you have 11. Oh, you mean like most weeks? Yeah, right. Well, look at the stats. <laughs> yeah, look at the stats. Go to the stats. I, uh, want, I want to take this time, though, for anybody out there. Go and watch Quantum Leap because it seems like every week we are making Quantum Leap references yeah, left and right. it's left and right. So Eric, 12-year-old Eric, go watch Quantum Leap. Yeah, well, the survivors of this issue seem to have gotten their shit together and are finally evacuating after all this time. And it's weird, too, because in the one part, we have Batman and Dick Grayson piloting one of the uh, escape ships. Was that a plane? Fucking asshole. There was a guy on Twitter this week who I thought was giving me shit. Yeah, I thought thought up until about four hours ago was giving you (laughs) shit. Uh, because it seemed like he was calling you like, hey, you didn't mention in your review that these guys, this and that. And How had... did these guys end up on a plane? I'm like, for one thing, it's not a goddamn plane. It's an escape shuttle, yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't talking about you. He was actually talking to the writers of the book and basically told uh, told Cullen Bunn and Daniel H. Wilson and Mike Johnson and Marguerite Benet to uh, leave the writing to the pros. 
Yeah, and that first thing too, I, I thought this about me. I was like, what, I'm a freaking reviewer. What? Is, when do you become a pro? Fuck it, we're putting ads on the site right now. If I get paid yep. for this, yeah, I'm a I was pro. thinking. I was like, man, that guy is is harsh. But yeah, he was talking about the uh, writers. Yeah, I'm saying though, for, where we left off last issue to this one, Dick Grayson and Batman being on a, like a escape shuttle, fine. You, know, they don't have to force feed you every goddamn thing in a book for nope. you to understand it. We knew where we were when we started. If, if they were pros, they would let you know. I knew. The one thing I had a problem with, though, is why Dick Grayson seems qualified enough to be a co-pilot or a pilot on this goddamn <laughs> I don't ship. Know. He, all of a sudden, he's just pilot, piloting a future, a future guy who can't like, get his son's spaceship. name right. Yeah, a guy who can't get his son's name right, I don't see being qualified to fucking go and pilot a ship out of there. No, you're wrong. That's why he was always out getting the flight lessons. He never connected with his son because he was always training to do this flight. He was a reporter. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> at one point he reported on a spaceship, and while they were reporting, he, he was very observant and saw how they flew. Really, dude? You're just going to keep going with that? Some yeah. bullshit. But you know he... what? I'm going to leave it to the pros. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Like you said of, uh, hey, Batman and, and Dick, they kind of just ended there. Huh, Dick knows how to fly. It. I don't care. It works. Whatever, but the fucking uh, pa- uh, proto-paradigm, uh, the pu- proto-furies, that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Friggin' attack, ship blows up. I was like, oh, I guess he's not going to call it some by the wrong name no more. Well, yeah, that, and you know what? At that point, I'm like, hey, it didn't matter if he knew how to fly the plane or not anyway. <laughs> he was dead. Plane. The plane. Plane. I keep saying plane. Is he Harrison Ford all of a sudden? He is. He said Harrison Ford has been in like 15 accidents since the last <laughs> one. The guy gets in an accident every, every freaking 10 minutes. He's crashing a plane. So the story moves on. We only have one issue left. Um, our heroes out in space open open up a portal to the well, – actually, they open up the entire multiverse so they can choose where they're going to go. Yeah. And we finally have Alan Scott get his shit together because now he has access to the green because it's throughout the entire multiverse. He's all powered up. He goes back down to fight because the rest of our heroes have been fighting Darkseid this whole time. And next issue, it looks like it just might be Alan Scott fighting Darkseid because as we leave this issue, all the heroes are just they're, at the feet of Darkseid. Yeah, they're done. Um I put the thing I put here is it's it's not ending well for Earth two. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bad. Oh, but we also saw Batman survive. Didn't see shit of yeah. I know that. The see the that. Time. Here's the thing: if that Lane, his name was on Twitter, wants to complain, yeah. complain where the hell Batman came from because that certainly looked like he was dead. Yeah, seems like everybody on that ship dead. Well, apparently, maybe Batman got away. But the one thing is, Dick Grayson ha- did survive because I saw um, a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago. Somebody asked about Dick Grayson on Twitter to Daniel H. Wilson. He said, yes, he will be in Earth 2 society. Oh, really? So, yeah, so that dude's going to make it. <laughs> how did they How they survive? I don't know. Uh, they don't have to force feed you everything, god damn it. This book has been terrible its entire run. It's finally good. I'm going to go with it. Here's what I'm talking about, though. I talked about it with Flash as well. We're two issues away. All of a sudden, it seems very forced. Why do these things seem so forced? Because like they gotta I'm, fucking wrap it up. Yeah, but that's how you plan things ahead of time. This move, Maybe they gotta leave you it can't to the pros, blame man. this convergence for the stuff. <laughs> I just don't understand. Where are the pros? Where are they? I love the art in this issue. Yeah, I, I thought I'm the sorry, art was the, awesome. The art remains strong from last week, which is a plus because it was really, as we would say, jarring for the transitions before. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it pencil here, heavy? Some of it was because okay. it was different artists throughout. But this has been really good. Last week's was really good. I, I think I gave last week's an 8.5 out of 10. This is just an 8 because it's yeah. not as strong as last issue. I would have given it, it an 8. 
that is still one of the better issues of Earth Two Worlds End, and I hope it ends on a strong note and stays with this goddamn art style. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was a strong issue. I again, I've only read the last bunch of issues, and they've just gotten better and better each one. Yeah. So I'll give them credit for that. Um, my next issue is Aquaman number forty, and that's written by Jeff Parker, art by Paul Pelletier. And you know what this does? This ends the arc. Which, how do you pronounce that? Maelstrom. Maelstrom, Maelstrom, Maelstrom. Oh, God. I've seen it all different ways. But it ends the arc, but it also ends uh, Jeff Parker and Paul Pelletier's uh, time on the book. And Jeff Parker jumped on after Jeff Johns left. Yep. And I've enjoyed Aquaman ever since. I was one of the ones where, like, immediately when we first started reading the New 52, I jumped on Aquaman, and I jumped on him hard. <laughs> and I loved it right away. Get a little and sexy again. Again, right. if anything from that early bit of the New 52, if you had read any articles, including anything on our site, one of the things, if you had anything of, like, what, what has the New 52 done or what, what did you get out of it, it's that Aquaman stopped be, being a joke. It seemed like every site had this article. That's what I'm at some saying. Point. Everyone yeah. had it. That was, you know, it's the the cliche thing to say early on in the New Fifty Two, and it was, it was true though. It right. was Jeff Johns really kicked ass, and at at that point, remember we were always saying like Jeff Johns would pick books that were like home runs for him that you can't go wrong because right. they were already jokes like this uh, early vibe Fuck stuff like Green that. Green Lantern when he started. Oh, yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he kind of, he's the savior. Yeah, he's the golden child. But, yes, he picked up Aquaman, and Aquaman, uh, one of the early reviews that I had, I even said that um, it was like Game of Thrones uh, underwater. It was really good. It was a story of kind of Arthur becoming the king of Atlantis. He had Orm, the ocean master, against him and all this stuff, and it was really, really good. So when Jeff Johns left, uh, you know, people were a little wary. They had their trepidations, I believe. They did have their trepidations. And the <laughs> thing with Jeff Parker... That's going a big in, word. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm surprised it came out of your mouth. Uh, when he jumped on, Jeff Parker was known for basically up until then, to me, was Batman 66. And I think he, that came out after that, though, didn't it? No, no. I, he was already doing that because I remember telling you, like, oh, man, you that's who they got and again i said it, it's probably going to be good but in the beginning of his run he kept a bunch of things that uh jeff johns did but he also had like a touch of humor and it was nice there was uh one of my favorite episode episodes one of my favorite issues was when arthur went to his class reunion which was uh, one, yeah. of the, one of the best actually for me one of the best aquaman issues in general of the whole i really dug that too. i loved it i thought it was great but again he was more of this kind of jokey type uh you know lighthearted stuff until this story which was basically atlantis was rejecting arthur as their king because what happens is in in atlantis then and this is another thing that i'll mention jeff parker really added on to the mythos of aquaman in this last in this maelstrom uh maelstrom maelstrom arc and I liked he had to find his mom because obviously he found out that his mom was alive. He wanted to go find her. Uh, so this whole arc was about him trying to find his mom. Unfortunately, when he found her, she didn't believe him. She really didn't seem like she wanted him as a son. Fucking Xena Warrior Princess's yeah, ass. Yeah, she was not nice. And the worst is, we mentioned this before, that she kind of rubbed salt in it by basically saying, You're not Orm. Yeah. He's my son. You know, he's the one I love, not you. You half breed. 
<laughs> That's what it seemed like. But uh, the, now I get in this issue again. This is another issue where it ends in an arc. It ends a guy's run on the book, but yet it still seemed a little forced. It seemed forced, forced as hell. Forced and, and rushed because there's a huge battle going on. Uh, you have the volcano god. Uh, what was his name? I don't even know, man. Krakus, I believe. Uh, um, somebody's going to call me on that. But, yeah, <laughs> he, I, he was awesome, and he's fighting. He's beating the living crap out of, out of Aquaman, and then all of a sudden it, it kind of ends. Yeah. And, so, um, Mara came through. She did her thing. Yeah, Mara did That's her thing. That's a strong queen you have there. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of odd things, and at the end— <laughs> For some reason, that's Aquaman's mother's voice in my mind. Yeah. You got a strong queen yeah, you got you, there. You got a strong queen now, you sucker. My but, woman's penis is pretty big. Yeah, we're talking about women's penises again. <laughs> uh, but it, end, it almost seemed like it was going to end— Basically, with her going, no, you're not my son. Get the hell out of here. She makes yep. a, a portal, kicks him out. They go out, and the, the craziest thing in, in anything that has happened in Jeff Parker's run is how Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, Arthur's mom, realizes that he's telling the truth. And it's because he leaves his trident in <laughs> Pacifica. So basically... I know you're my son because you were a freaking idiot and left the trend in here. You can't be purebred Atlantean like I thought. You must be a half-breed because you left your trident there. So she sends the trident out with a little, like, a conch type of shell thing that uh, is going to allow Atlantis to um, recognize him as the true ruler. It was kind of a cool callback to the secret origins of Mara because this is what Mara's mother left to her, these okay. memory things, yeah, like this, yeah. uh, these shells that like speak to you yes. mentally. Yep. Yeah. It, it was a really cool thing. So I like the ending. Um, again, I, I don't know what it is with these, these issues that is. they're forced and kind of rushed, but I still end up liking them because See, I, I did like this issue. I have not been reading this like you have. We only started since the podcast, so I think I'm two issues in. Yeah. Since that like uh, class reunion bit, but have, have they been talking about these fucking fire trolls the whole goddamn time? No, it was just kind of where uh, the volcano they, god came out that last issue, I believe it was, and then all of a sudden they're fighting these fire trolls that he did. Remember at the last? At I don't even remember seeing the, fire trolls in this issue at all. But they keep talking about it. Well, okay, I said the fire that's what I'm talking. Now. And then yeah, but that and then that ends the thing. At one point they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta do this. It's gonna freeze him, and then we'll we'll destroy his head. And the, and, and next thing you know, it's just done. Yeah. It's over. I, I like I said, I didn't even know really what happened at that one point. They no, me just, either. They were just fucking, done fighting. Mara fucking built a wall up, like shot him with some water magic, yeah. and then okay, we're good now. Yep. And then they kind of be get gone, kicked. son. They I don't get want. kicked out, and then she believes him. But again, I liked it. I, I did, thought I did was, not. I thought there was some nonsense. I gave it an eight out of ten. But one of the other reasons was that I really liked the art. I thought the art was really strong. Uh, Paul Pelletier, I said, when Jeff Johns left the book, I don't know what went on. Ivan Rice was on that with him, wasn't he? That was way back, yeah. Oh, that was right. it. And then he was on at one point, and um, they switched over, and I really enjoyed his art. And then all of a sudden, it went south. All, he wasn't as good all of a sudden, and it went a couple issues. He missed an issue here and there, and then, but he really ended up uh, finishing strong. And... Yeah, I thought this issue looked great. I like the, you know, the ending panel. You have the generic, you know, Aquaman and Mara standing there like, oh, I wonder what the future will bring. That <laughs> what, sort of what deal. What will the adventurer told yes. be home yes. next time, you know? Yeah, and 
again, it, it sets it up. This this whole thing with the um, Atlantis recognizing, I don't even think we'll ever hear of it again. We don't They're, know that. Colin Buck uh, can start out strong yeah, in Atlantis. I, I don't know. I think that it's just going to start out really fresh, and, and we're not going to hear much of this. I don't think we're going to hear about Atlanta or Atlanta. I keep saying Atlanta. I would think it's pronounced at Atlanta. I don't. Either way, gonna, I'm good. With I don't it. think we're going to hear much of her ever again either. The only thing, though, it does set up that she mentions, like, "Hey, if you see Orm, don't tell him about me. I want to tell him myself." And and that just leads me to think that at one point she's going to team up with him and be a villain. I don't I, know. I, don't I hope Ocean gonna... Master comes back. I love me some Ocean yeah, Master. I, I don't think we're going to hear much. But I I gave it an eight out of ten. Again, I. See that you didn't like it as much. Six five, maybe seven yeah. tops. Yeah, no, I I like Jeff Parker's run. I thought the story was pretty good, and this issue just seemed a little rushed and forced. But that's that's fine. Had uh, also some uh, issues with the pacing. I thought, but again, I'm I'm gonna start convincing myself that I gave it too high a score <laughs> if I keep going on. But yeah, I liked it. But um, you know what is coming up now? You know what? What do you think when I say to you? You know what, Eric? That's truly outrageous. I think of Jem. Jem. And the holograms. And the holograms? That's what you think of when I, I thought truly outrageous was when you came up with the word trepidation. <laughs> that was outrageous. Pretty outrageous, brother. Yeah. But yeah, um, Ryan's going to come on right now and do his other side. Ryan, uh, brightest day, Claire Clark, who does reviews of non-DC books. And he told me that he is going to review Jem. And the holograms. Is the actual book, I don't know if it's actually just called Gem Number One or Gem and the Holograms Number One. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I would hope it's called Gem and the Holograms Number One. And usually when I hope things like that, it'll be called Gem Number One. <laughs> you know what Gem is? What's that? Truly outrageous. Yes, yeah, she is. All right. Let's go Let's... with Ryan Clark's The Other Side. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Other Side, your non DC Comics Review segment for the all-DC Weird Science DC Comics podcast. This week, uh, I'm reviewing Gem and the Holograms number one from IDW Comics, which is about as far from Marvel as it gets for me. So, once again, you know, trying to branch out, bring new things in to a place where you only get books from one publisher. So... Gem and the Holograms is written by Kelly Thompson with art by Sophie Campbell. And in this story, um, Jerrica is the main character, and she and her sisters are the band called The Holograms. Uh, they're shooting a video for a battle against the misfits, and I'll touch on that a little more later. Uh, Jerrica has severe stage fright and has sort of a breakdown moment and runs away. Um, she runs and ends back up at the home recording studio of her late father during a rainstorm. Man, there's all sorts of plot devices working all in one short time for that. Um, where during the storm, the power goes out, and when it reboots, a holoprojected program her father created called Synergy which in you know has a long line of different connotations for the term synergy and business and other fun stuff. But in this, it's a giant pinky purple hologram lady that takes Jerrica into this uh, secret lab of her dad's in the house, which has that total superhero origin story moment written all over it. And Jerrica's given her spe special... Um, secret magical or sciency earrings uh, 
uh, that turn her into, you guessed it, Jem. Hence the title of the book not being Jerrica and the Holograms. Uh, the book is definitely, you know, heavy into the 80s homage for the original um, comic book and animated series, Gem and the Holograms. It's a little less overtly retro than, like, Bill and Ted's Triumphant Return, where it's still set in that time frame. It definitely feels updated and modern. Still totally outrageous. Um, it kind of feels like a Spider-Gwen story, but instead of spiders, she was bitten by Tiffany. I thought that would be an interesting take on that character. Um, it definitely, you know, has the 80s shopping mall star synth pop kind of feel to what they're trying to do, but there's a lot more to it that it's able to balance uh, humor and seriousness. I mean, obviously, you know, they have to have fun because they're teenage girls and all sisters, and that's great, but there's also, you know, dealing with major life issues in having their dad not be in the picture and having them have, you know, social anxiety issues, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot more humanizing than I'm sure a lot of the, the 80s animated series was because that's not a thing that was really high on their list of priorities. I mean, they made Teenage Mutant Turtles who talked like they were from California but lived in New York. That's uh, a whole other whole other podcast. We could spend hours and hours just talking about that alone. Um, it this book really drops you right into the middle of this this opening story. Um, so if you're not already aware of what Gem and the Holograms and, you know, the Holograms and the Misfits are, when they talk about the, the sort of bad girl band being the Misfits, they don't, they're not talking about Glenn Danzig. Nobody's going to start singing, you know, punk rock tunes with devil locks and fingerless gloves. So rest safe in that. Uh, the book was really a lot of fun and seems to be a really good jumping on point for gem fans. Anyone who knew what it was from before, obviously you're at least somewhat interested in seeing what this book has to offer, as well as just new people who were unaware of or not alive during the 80s. It's a fun, you know, kind of humanizing look at what it's like to be in a girl band, but also have some like high concept superhero-y moments and have fun and seriousness, and it would apply. It feels like it would be um, applicable and appeal to a wide range of readers. Um, I definitely thought that Gem and the Holograms, number one from IDW, was well and truly totally outrageous, and I am definitely interested to see how the story progresses once the band with Devil Lock shows up and starts singing Skulls. Wait, that's the other Misfits again, isn't it? Dang it! Well, whatever ends up happening in the future, I think that this series has a lot of, of fun and interesting moments, but also a lot of emotional and a lot of very deep, um, meaningful things that can come out of this story as well, which is where you get some of the best balance in storytelling, is having something that's fun and unique, but also that 
can be meaningful and impact the people that's reading it. So I definitely think that this, uh, this was a great book and uh, recommend that you get out there and check it out. And um, as always, I am Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. You can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics. I'm on Tumblr at brightesttakeair.tumblr.com. Uh, I have Facebook and Google Plus pages. You can uh, hit me up on there, and you can recommend more other not-Marvel comics or any other books that you'd like to hear on this segment, in this podcast. Let me know, and I will definitely try and work any new books, any new titles in, and uh, try and broaden the horizons of these two guys and let them know that there's much more out there than DC. Uh, once again, I am Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and I will catch you on the other side. And that was Ryan Clark with Gem and the Holograms. It is called Gem and the Holograms. All right. So my hopes and dreams all came <laughs> true. What is your um, history with Gem and the Holograms? It was a show that was on when I was a kid, and I preferred He-Man. Yeah, I would, I would think that that's, you know, not to be sexist or anything like that, but I'm sure there weren't tons of, of little boys that liked that at that point. Seems like it's no. more... more um, more like nowadays that's more of a thing that you know you don't have that crazy gap anymore of what's for boys and girls as much i know that i say that but i'm sure in the schoolyard you know when you're doing your jacks and your flipping cards wall ball wall ball and your four, four square four square and you have the maypole out and you're dancing around with the ribbons <laughs> they still do that right the maypole I didn't do that when I was a kid. How then, old are you? And you have your Punch and Judy show going on there. And, yeah. I do love Punch and Judy, though. And next thing, you're, you're a boot black, and you're, you're pickpocketing people for some bread. Go get your shine box. <laughs> Go get your shine box. That was on last night. Jessica wouldn't let me watch it. Really? Yeah. That's a movie I love. We were talking about it this week. Yeah, I know. So I wanted to watch it. Then I freaking went to the bathroom. She came back. All the remotes were over her. She had it flipped over to something else. I'm like, what did oh, she put no. on? I think it was just Family Guy. Really? No, I yeah. can't complain there. I went downstairs during uh, the break that we just had, and it seems to be – maybe it's on FX. I think it's – whatever channel it is, I don't know that there's more than five minutes a day that they're not running cops. Cops has been on that TV downstairs all day. Jesus and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I mentioned to you the one time that I have seen so many episodes of Cops, I'm, I'm starting to recognize, like I've seen reruns. I've I've seen, never, I haven't watched Cops since the 90s. Uh, it's, it's exactly the same. I bet. Like I said, I, I, think I, I think I talked about this the one point, but yeah, my wife watches it, and she gets mad when these people get pulled over or they they run and they lie and she's like why are you lying you why wouldn't you a cop get you know you've done something wrong yes we know jim fuck the police if you you, like nwa if you admit (laughs) that you did something wrong you're gonna get arrested if you lie and they catch you you're gonna get arrested but there is that slim possibility that it's gonna stick 
you go home free. And I said to Tanya today, she was yelling it again today earlier. Uh, I think I was doing my review of Deathstroke, and she's watching Cops, and she's like, why won't you tell them? <laughs> these, anybody who gets the, like, I'm mean, telling you, they're the worst of the worst. These people, like, they'll pull a guy over, and this person has 17 warrants out. But of course he's going to lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about cops again. It's for the, always for on the most, house. For most of the mar- uh, this afternoon, I had a marathon of Stargate the Next Generation. Uh, Stargate. Uh, Star Trek the Next Generation going. Really? That's not as good as cops. What are you talking about? Star- <laughs> Next Gen is great. Cops might be one of the worst. It's like the, the worst of the worst. It, yeah. th- that show is like, it's awful. But yet it's been on since I was, I think when I was a kid. I would think that it started when I was like a teenager. I'm thinking it was going on in the 90s is when it started. I want to say around 94. I actually think it started in the 80s. Not that I remember. Yeah, I'm going to have to look. And I'm going to look while you talk about the next book. Now we have Batman and Robin, number 40, written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by Patrick Gleason, Mick uh, Gray, and John Calise. It's the final issue. Mm -hmm. I love this book so much, and I'm actually kind of pissed off this is the final issue yeah we get damien son of batman in june but i want the dynamic duo and that's what we get in this issue and it's so good this this feels like before damien died and that's exactly where i wanted this to feel like again because we went through all this nonsense with batman and catwoman batman and nightwing batman and two-face raz al ghul all this stuff that i didn't want this book to be and now we're finally back and yeah damien has superpowers but as we see in this issue it seems like they're only temporary yeah, yeah, they're they're gone, it seems. And the the thing that really put this book over the top for me, like not in a bad way, in a great way, is that we see the painting that uh, Bruce had commissioned before Damien died. And before we saw, the Damien section was never finished, mm-hmm. and Damien died. It was heartbreaking. I fucking started welling up, because in this issue we see that Damien has taken it upon himself to finish the painting. And... I want to thank God that he's like some kind of classically trained painter, whatever, whatever Talia did for him. It seems like he can do anything he wants. Yeah, he's Superman. Anything he wants to do, he can do. Yep. And I'm so happy for that because the painting looks great. It's finally finished. It's hanging away manner. And I'm just tearing like, you sons of bitches. You make me have the feels. Oh, God. (laughs) Jason Todd's in that painting, right? No, Jason Todd is not. Much to my chagrin. I wish that they would have put him in. I wish that, I know that the the whole deal, but I wish that in the meantime, Damien put him in for some reason. He can finish himself, put, and it'd be funny. He's like, kind of like in there in the back, like he shouldn't even be in the painting. (laughs) Right. It's like so, really oddly done, but yeah, I wish that, I wish Jason was in it. That is one of the freaking biggest uh, problems with this, in my opinion. Not like this, but the painting, I don't know. Just the feeling of Jason Todd not being a part of the family bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, they had their problems. He died. He came back as kind of a villain. Wanted to make Batman and whoever else pay. He is Bruce's... He's one of Bruce's kids. He is. He and, deserves to be in that goddamn painting. you know painting. what? Since the... You know, all the things that have happened lately, he's been helping Bruce out over and over. Over and over, yeah. yeah. Fucking Red Hood is just as integral to the Bat family as anybody else at this point. Yeah, yeah. And he should be in that painting. But, man, it, this had everything for me, this book. I'm saying we had a badass action scene in the beginning with Damien teamed up with the Justice League, and it was badass. And then we go to, like, it It starts, like, getting a little bit slower, more emotional. We deal with all the, like, Bruce and like, having a father-son talk with Damien. Now his powers are going away. And then we just jump right into the end where the bat signal's in the sky. Alfred interrupts him. Pre- like, Masters, please look outside. Shit needs to get done. 
They freaking go down their bat poles, suit up, freaking Alfred the Cat's meowing, Titus is barking, the bat cow's mooing. So they drive off and they just go and do what they do best. And the issue ends with Batman smiling because this is where he wants to be as much as I want him to be there. Yep, and now the book's canceled. And the book is fucking over. Yeah. Uh, I have to look at the solicits, but next week we get a Batman and Robin annual, but I don't think Tomasi or Patrick Gleason have anything to do with it. Not really. Uh, because Tomas, well, Tomas is going on Twitter talking about how it feels real now that his run of this book is over, and I know I know Tomasi's listed on one of the like like fresh comic apps I have to tell me what's coming up yeah. in the weeks, but I don't know if he's on it or not. Cause sometimes I get this shit wrong, and that's yeah. Like, I'm gonna look. Even the, even the official solicits get it wrong sometimes. But yeah, I love this true. issue so much. This is probably the best book that I've read all year. It is nine point eight out of ten, and that's just because I will not give tens. Yeah, I, I'm looking. It, it does on DC's site. It does list Tomasi as the writer, but uh, Juan Jose Reap as the artist. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that that's true or not. I just or... know on Tomasi's Twitter that it seemed like this was the this was the over with. He's done. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to see. Um, I probably would have given this a two. Piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. No, I, I probably would have given it a, a nine. Uh, I liked it though. The only thing that that I have a problem with, and I think I've had a problem with this uh, throughout the whole Batman and Robin run, is that Damien seems to change ages a lot with the art. Like one minute he looks like he's like an eight year old, then he looks like a fifteen year old. I just I've always had it. I'm looking at the issue now, and I, I see a couple panels. There's a couple weird ones where all of a sudden he looks a lot older than he did earlier. Uh, especially it's where. Uh, he falls asleep while he's eating. He looks like right. a real little kid. Then when he wakes up and he's got Titus, he actually looks like <laughs> he's like 15 or 16. Well, so, don't we all look young yeah, while well, we're sleeping? I've, had, the, I've had this issue all for a while now with any time he's in. But, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I like the uh, call out to, like, Batman and Robin, the Batman 66, where they go down. Uh, the bat poles, The bat yeah. poles was great. And, you know... There's Damien, and, and then he loses his powers, and I like the part where Batman's there to be a good dad and say, listen, you know what? You're Damien. Is that so bad? Yeah. And, you know, it's Damien's like, you know what? It's, it is pretty cool to be me. I'm freaking Batman's oh, yeah. son. I get to go around and, and kick the ass out of all these villains, and, yeah, it's great. I would have liked the um, – and maybe it'll do this in the annual. I doubt it, but I would have liked to have seen some of these villains kind of – go after Damien now that he's screwed with them with his powers and now that they're gone to see them like hey I heard you don't have those powers anymore buddy and, and kind of try to get a little comeuppance from that I don't know villains are a cowardly lot and once they freaking see the Superman like power set that he had I think they try yeah. to steer clear I don't know I'm just saying it'd be cool if they found out some way they found out that he doesn't have powers and kind of came and then Damien could actually uh, step up and prove he didn't need powers which I'm sure that this whole um yeah, well, that's what uh, we're going to Son get of Batman. It's weird, yeah. too, because the whole thing with Son of Batman, I thought, was going to be him with powers. I thought yeah. it'd be, like, kind of him going around on his own and being crazy with these powers. Obviously, it's not. So, without powers, it just seems odd for him to have his own book. The powers were a weird choice for me. It never felt quite right. Yeah. And, like, even though the, now that they got rid of them, that doesn't even feel right. It was just really rushed. There's no explanation because it's just something that happened from the Chaos yeah. Shard. And now that Batman did this whole ruse with this freaking Japanese yeah, island trying, monster. He was trying to get him to burn out. Yeah, yeah. He has. And yeah. it's just out of nowhere. Because right at the, like when he's fighting the monster, he develops heat vision. Next morning, all his powers are gone. Or has, or are they? Exactly. I have because, no idea. Uh, wouldn't he have super hearing, you think? 
It's the thing I kind of got worried. You're like, you would think he might have super hearing. He might. I don't and know. there's I... Batman, you know, Bruce and Alfred are talking about him and these powers and all this stuff that maybe Damien hears all this and he's just kind of like, hey, I got to pretend I don't have power so that my dad doesn't get pissed off. And then I don't think he would do that to himself in his room in the morning by himself. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You see, he's like there and he, he yeah, he's trying to light the, the fire. And he gets cut. That's, you know, you can't fake that. I guess. Yeah, you're not faking that shit. It's a weird thing, though, with um, just, I don't know, the concept of him having his own book in June just seems weird. Like, we waited all this time for him to come back to see him with Batman. And that's and now all it's I want. And now you get this book in June where it's just him, as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems odd. But you never I, know. Maybe uh, Son of Batman, maybe it's just a continuation of Batman and Robin. They just wanted to renumber it, but they didn't want to renumber Batman and Robin, and it comes out like that. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously Tomasi's not on it, so maybe that is yeah, it's Patrick the other Gleason reason. doing the whole joint. Yep, he's doing it all, and maybe, maybe we find out that it's more of a continuation of this than we think. Be nice. It would be nice, especially since there were some scenes in here. Like, a lot of people I know, like Mike, Bl- Mike Blanchett, when we're on his uh, podcast, mm-hmm. he does not like Damien. He hates him. And it's weird and, to me. Uh, I, and that, that's so beyond me, that why people would hate Damien, because, yeah, he's a little brat. He's a little, you know, but that's why he's so great. I love him. Well, that's the best part is, though, is that we've got to know this character. He's a sn- uh, stuck-up little snot, right? Mm-hmm. And but th- as b- before he died, though, we started seeing coming out of that shell yeah. and becoming more Bruce's son. And the best part of this is, at some point, all that stuffiness and properness he has disappears, and he's just a goddamn kid, and it was yeah. so good. Yep. And then he became such a big hero, and, yeah, it was great. I remember when, when we read that, uh, what was it, Batman Incorporated number eight? Was yes. That, yeah. Oh my goodness. If we had a I podcast, I, I, might have, I might have called an emergency <laughs> podcast. I think some other podcast did actually. Yes, they did. Yeah, but man, when that happened, both of us, that was huge. I remember. I actually don't know if I told the story on the podcast yet, but when that happened, yeah, and I I went to work the next day and I was talking to you. I didn't say anything to my girlfriend when I read it. The next day, we're driving, and out, like I'm just sitting there thinking about stuff we talked about at work. We're driving. Mm-hmm. She's driving. And we come to a freaking uh, a four-way stop, and she starts driving. I just look at her, Damien, Jessica, Damien's dead. Yeah. Little, and little do the people listening know you have a friend named Damien. She fucking slams on the brakes at this four-way stop. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't put it. I didn't even realize what, how she would have taken this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, uh, Batman, Batman, keep driving, keep driving. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah, Damien's dead all right. But, yeah, I, I wonder how best the book I've read all continue. year, though. Yeah, this this issue of Batman and Robin was your best? Yes, favorite thing I've read all year. Better than that last Batgirl? Yes, better than my last Batgirl. Okay. Well, Fuck uh, you, too. We're going to continue the Batman trolley with Batman Eternal number 51 next, uh, written by James Tinian IV, or Tynan, I've heard it pronounced. Uh, we always go Tinian, but I think it's Tynan. I like Tinian. You better change it up for me. I, I know. I, I can't say it with a, read it without saying it like that, but art by Alvaro Martinez. And for all the complaints that I've had about Eternal on our site, on this podcast, to any random person at Wawa when I'm getting that pizza bagel or pepperoni bagel. Pepperoni. Pepperoni bagel. It is kind of a pizza bagel. But 
I love this issue. I really like the issue a lot. Um, we have one more issue after this, and the last issue, it was revealed that Clue Master was the guy pulling the strings for everything, and this issue is very exposition-heavy. It was ex- so satisfying. And he explains himself, and I loved it. And basically what it is is Clue Master's pissed off that he is just a C-list villain who nobody remembers. He's mad. Uh, he doesn't think Batman even knows who he is, which is funny. Batman does because, of course, he's Batman. He knows everything. Yeah. But he, in the issue, one of the my favorite things was he's talking to Batman. He's, it, basically, he's got Batman strung up. He's, he's torturing him, but he's laughing. He's telling the whole story. And he, he talks that basically these C-list villains like Signal Man, Kite Man, all those guys – they they have poker nights, they get together, maybe they have dinner occasionally, and they always sit and talk about things. They talk about, you know, their lot in life. Mm. And Clue Master seems to be like I, I said to you this week in work, he's like the he's the best of the worst. He's the guy who's a C lister who if only he could get a little bit of a nudge, he might even be a B lister and then kinda go with the a, a nicer crowd a better crowd but he doesn't so what he keeps mentioning to these guys is hey listen batman keeps we see this bat signal here we are we're playing poker see this bat signal now why don't we all just go out and cause mayhem because batman does not care about us we're not even a blip on his radar he's dealing with joker right now we could really cause some damage but in my mind uh we even talked about it. it's like all these sealess villains are sitting around like kite men's like yeah I'd rather fly my kites. And yeah. Yeah, you got Signal Man. He's just like blinking something. And they're, they're all just, they're awful. They're terrible. Firefly sitting over yeah. there. But we got, we got to burn something? Yeah, yeah. They're, everybody's then, it's funny because that's kind of the thing with these seed listers. They're like one, they're one trick ponies. Yeah. And that's so the best the, part of this for me, though. It's like freaking him talking about this poker game because all it did was remind me of my favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Where all the, the A-list yep. heroes are talking about how they almost got the one, Batman. Yeah the, yeah, the one that with, uh, yeah, where they almost got him and they're all talking. It does. It's kind of like that, but it's even worse. Because yeah. I imagine, like, there's a Firefly, they're playing poker, and he's burning the cards. And you got <laughs> everybody, and you, Clue Master's probably just all this, just rubbing his head the whole time, like, Jesus Christ. These characters are... really do come off like Flash's rogues in this. Yeah, yeah, and why am I involved with these guys? And um, so he's telling this, and the problem is he, he ends up going a little too far. And what he does is the worst mistake you could ever do in the DC universe. and ever. that is. That is finding out that Batman is Bruce Wayne, and he finds that out. And I'm telling you, anybody who finds that out, is you, you might as well just kill yourself right then because you are going to die. <laughs> but in the meantime, there's another little part. You see Gordon again, and, and it's a really odd scene because the whole, the whole series, Gordon has pretty much been in Blackgate. He was framed. He ended up at one point uh, Commissioner Bard could have gotten him out. He had evidence that would clear him, didn't use it. And uh, in a weird sort of way, back, way back, just to complain about it once more, Batman knew that he gave Bard this evidence. Yeah. Bard was supposed to go and clear Gordon's name again and never did, and yet Batman never called Bard on it. That's my biggest problem this whole series. I have not been, like, you know, up to snuff like you are on Mm -hmm. this because I've only been reading since, like, a little bit before the podcast, I think. And... 
freaking when did Bard Bard flip flop? Like he decided to grow a conscience it, out of nowhere. It was a couple issues ago. You've I'm, been around since then. He's no, been saying, awful though, this it's whole just time. Out of no, I know, just out of nowhere. Well, that's what I'm going to leave. That's my to. biggest problem. I actually in this issue, Gordon basically tells tells Bard, "Hey, listen." You need to suck it up, buddy, and become the commissioner Gotham needs. And it's it's a bunch of bullshit. And I want to quote uh, Chisanga actually commented on on the site because I gave this I gave this issue a really good review. I gave it a nine point five out of ten. I loved it, but I do think that this Bard stuff is bullshit. And Chisanga actually put it in a way that I I just is better than what I would say. It's that that um, Bard has deliberately held the evidence that would clear Gordon for half the series collaborated with Hush to release the architect to cause the earthquakes, conned Vicky and the state government to cause martial law in Gotham on fake terrorism charges, knew about the bombings, and used Wayne Tech and GCPD to seek a petty vendetta against Batman, which caused so many crimes to occur with both the GCPD and Batman failing to respond in time. And it's true. I put, he better pay. There is no way. I don't care what Bard does. I'm assuming he's going to die. You better get some comeuppance on this shit. I, I think that he's going to die, and it's going to be one of those, like, a hero's death. But, man, he is – I don't care who the villain is. He's an awful person, and yeah. he has done this because they did. Vicky Vale found out he's done this just because he didn't like a copycat Batman that was in his city. That That's it. And it's a bunch of crap, and he has been awful this whole time. So he better he better die, and if he doesn't, he better be led away in cuffs. And yeah, I don't care get what he does. Prison. I don't care what he does. He better rot in prison the rest of his life. In the meantime, I'll put him in a cell, killer croc. Clue Master, back to back to old Clue Master. Yes. You know what else he does? That's a big mistake. <laughs> he just keeps on yapping. He's going on and on and on, and he's telling oh him, the villain mistake. Oh yeah, he's going on about his plans and how he did this and he did that, and then out of nowhere from behind him, yeah pops up another guy who slices his throat and just leaves him to bleed out and then he steps out from the from the shadows and it's Lincoln March from in his full out court of the Owl, owls uh, armor which is awesome and if anybody doesn't know Lincoln March was uh claims he's Bruce's brother claims he was Thomas Wayne Jr and he's part of the court of the owls and he was one of the main villains in the court of the owls uh arc yeah. And he's back, and he seems to be the guy who was behind the scenes all along. Again, you called it last week. I'm like, there, this can't be a red herring. It's got to be Clue Master. And as I'm reading this damn issue, I started really liking that it was Clue Master. I'm like, okay, it's a little silly. It's a little, you know, petty that he's just mad that he's a C-list villain. But, man, it makes sense to me, and it, it's pretty cool. And then he gets a throat sliced that's the problem though i know he couldn't do it alone alone because somebody had to get inside the back cave he to let has hush out. signal man <laughs> i know that was the one thing that we said we said that, that has said. to be something uh, somebody else who um was involved that would know that and then now it makes complete sense and again in this one issue i i gave this a 9.5 out of 10 not only because of what happened in the issue but because it did make a lot of sense through the whole thing it, it explained a bunch of things again i think that bard stuff's a bunch of bull crap that better be better happen where he gets his comeuppance like you said oh yeah but man i loved it i liked the art um that last panel with lincoln march was awesome i thought it was great uh, i gave it a nine five i 
I don't know. I, what I loved everything about this issue as well. It was this really good, especially at the one point when uh, Bruce Wayne breaks free and kicks, starts kicking the shit. Oh out yeah, of yeah. And I even like like your your what I would say about that is that it was great because he was kind of beating the crap out of Cluemaster, but Cluemaster knew. Like he he's laughing at him. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know. And even I told you at work when we were talking about this about uh, basically it was like a uh, audio type of joke where you get the idea that Batman's like, I'm gonna get you. What's with this <laughs> voice? He's like, you know, this voice, and I can tell you're you're about to die. And then uh, even like he pulls out a gun, he's just gonna shoot him. And yeah. then that's when that's when uh, Lincoln March comes and slices his throat. Basically, because in my mind, if he wouldn't have gone that far. I don't think Lincoln March was going to do that. It's that he's, he doesn't want Batman to die. It's no. his brother. And, and again, he wants to, I think he wants to rub it in. So he doesn't want Batman dead, and he certainly doesn't want Cluemaster to be the one to do it. So, it yeah, was just I, great when Cluemaster was going off, though. It's like, this is, this is like, you know, a little bit of like a, not that showmanship kind of bit, where it's like it's really fitting because your parents died two blocks from here from a nobody just like me yep, from a yep. gun. Oh, and that's awesome. how I'm going to end yeah, you. I, I'm like, I fuck thought, yeah, Clue yep. Master. Everything about Clue Master in this issue made me want him to be the villain, and then he dies. Dead, yep. Dead. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for next week. I'm gonna, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. finale is going to be great. Yeah, it's been it like be. two issues now where I'm like, you know what, I can't wait, and it's starting to turn my whole opinion of this whole series around because man i've been complaining about it a Fucking lot naysayer. yeah yeah no it, it's really turned it around but <laughs> the next issue is another book that's ending yes red lanterns number 40 by landry walker with art by jay calfiore and gabe el tape final issue of red lanterns and the thing is since charles Sewell has taken over this has become one of my favorite lantern well i'm saying probably one of my favorite books it's one of my favorite lantern books for sure mm-hmm. but this just takes everything that we loved about Charles Soul. Like that's another name that we always get wrong. Isn't it Charles Soul? Yeah, yeah. I we want to always, say Soul. Me and you. That's the problem. Is me and you would just talk to each other, and yeah. we just whatever one of us said first, we went with. Makes sense. And to it's me. weird though. I would say that we always come up with the, but it's it's like a common thing with us where we come up with the same mispronunciation. <laughs> it, like nobody ever called. We don't call each other on it. We're like, yeah, that sounds good. I was really looking forward to this issue, but what we got from it was everything that Charles Soule did to make uh, Red Lanterns great, adding Kyle, uh, Kyle Rand, Jesus Christ, Guy Gardner to the series and his uh, uh, character transformation, mm-hmm. gone in this issue. So it never happened. It's fucking bullshit. You know how a lot of these shows in the 90s, they would have like one more extra episode for their finale and they didn't know what to do, so we get one of those terrible clip shows based around a basic yeah. story? Yeah. That's yeah. what we got here. Guy's been walking around America absorbing all this fucking uh, rage virus stuff, and he's finally made it to Baltimore, and he's letting friggin' Gloria in on what he's been doing. His sister, Gloria. I thought that was actually Wendy from Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Dave Thomas's. Oh, I know. I'm paging through him. Oh, who is that ugly? Well, oh, jeez. It's, it's Guy's sister. You don't say that to Guy. He might punch yeah, you. he probably would punch me. But I don't know. It's we just keep getting little flashes. The shit he's been doing, and it's like we know what he's been doing. We've been reading the book. Like, why are you doing this for us? Gloria don't need to know. Just jump jump us in after he tells Gloria. But I don't know if it's all because he wants somebody to tell because he's like saying goodbye to her, or if he's just continuing his mopey streak and he just wants to lay his shit on people all the time. Yeah. But it kind of kind of plays with the whole goodbye thing because out of nowhere he can't contain all of this rage anymore. And he teleports Gloria away to this goddamn spaceship that he's had orbiting around Earth since the Third Army arc. 
it's just been hanging out there. It's that was a long time ago. I know. And uh, Gloria gets a, a hold of him. He's like, give him this little hope pep talk. And when a freaking guy, this whole thing reminded me of uh, that terrible Hulk movie in 2003. You, yeah. Did you watch that one? The Ang Lee one. Yeah, the angle you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a scene at the end there where the absorbing man wants the Hulk's power. So he's like, you want this? Take it all. And that's what it is. He's giving his rage away. And this is exactly what Guy does. He's just like, take it all. And he shoots the freaking rage out. But since Gloria gave him this hope pep talk, somehow it triggers all the hope inside of him, which I don't understand this at all. The hope flows out of him after the rage destroys all the rage that he's let out into the world and somehow allows him to take off the Red Lantern Ring and be okay. Yeah, well, I'm getting tired of characters taking off the goddamn Red Lantern Ring and being okay. It's uh, remember bullshit. Remember it was weird because when, uh, when Hal ended up making him or convincing him to become a Red Lantern to go undercover, they made an, uh, a big point like, oh, the Blue Lanterns, you know, they'll yeah. be able to get you back. And this is kind of like a cop-out of that because, yes, hope would be what would restore you to not have the ring on, but they made it seem like it had to be a Blue Lantern that did it. Well, say, St. Walker is back in yeah, action, that's, so he, he could He could do it. That was the, the big thing was when this happened, then St. Walker and the Blue Lantern Corps were gone. And then it was yeah. like, oh, no, how screwed freaking guy. He's not, yeah, they're back uh-huh. now. Why didn't they just have them show up? Well, this just keeps fucking happening because when Supergirl was a Red Lantern, she like took yeah, off the man. ring, died, fell into the sun, and somehow the sun is so powerful it regrows a Kryptonian yeah. fucking heart. And you know, and what, she came back. You know what's? You know what? They they could have done something as easy that um, Guy's sister instilled so much hope in him that it drew Saint Walker there to see what was yeah, going something. on, and then he's like, "Oh, okay." I mean, that would have made more sense. Just have Saint Walker. It's all I ask. But no, it's just hope fucking triggers, and then we get a little epilogue. We're now, since, <laughs> I'm going to put a pause to this. You know what this story actually makes me believe? What? That the rage inside me is a thing making me grow my hair and my beard out, because now yeah. that he doesn't have the rig on anymore, he fucking goes back to the crew cut, he's clean shaven, yeah. and he just looks like a douchebag it's guy all, again. Well, if that was the case, I'd have a ZZ top beard down to my freaking <laughs> ankles, because I am a miserable man. <laughs> Full of rage and, and hate. And I'm somewhat clean shaven right now. I don't have a crew yeah. cut, but hey. Yeah, but you, now you're, guy, you're guy has full no of rage. Power. Yeah, he's yeah apparently. I'm like one of the most laid back people in the world, and this is what this issue made me believe. But you no, like, guys has. You want people to think that. You are full of rage, my friend. Bullshit. I might as well be Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't drive a Lincoln because it's cool. I drive a Lincoln. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take my shirt off right now. I, that was a pretty good Matthew McConaughey. I, that was I, actually now, pretty good. Yeah, I've now added another one to my list of uh, repertoire. My, I got Jerry Seinfeld. What's with all these red lanterns? How was that? <laughs> actually, wasn't bad. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, but no, in this, in this epilogue, is we see guys all clean shaven and crew cut mm-hmm. up again. You know what he's gonna do now that he has a baby sidekick since the last issue? He's, he's gonna... just gonna keep on wandering America. <laughs> Babies, up you know what, baby. babies take well to traveling America on foot. He's just a drifter now. Yeah. He's the, I, with, I don't know what the hell's going on. And that's how we end Red Lanterns. And I was so angry at Landry Walker. And I hated that because I think Landry Walker's a nice guy. 
Yeah. And I really liked what he did with the last issue. I want to see what he would have, you know, done if the series would have continued. This is as a final issue was terrible. Yeah, I I think that he was put in a bad spot. I, I think he was. Too. I think this whole issue he was made to do. They had to finish this, and of all these, like. You have uh, Aquaman, that's, that felt rushed. Or you have, like, Batman and Robin, that didn't feel rushed. But again, what I'm saying, you're not only ending a series, but you had, that DC obviously had to get this character, Guy Gardner, reset to where he's not Pretty a Red Lantern. Completely. I don't know why. I, no. I loved him as a Red Lantern, but they so must have, again, it must be that uh, the Green Lantern book coming up, he's going to play a big part. That's the only way I can think. Is, is he um, that like, mysterious guest they freaking said who's coming to be no, part of that, Lost Army? No, that, again, that's not a surprising guest. <laughs> it's uh, Andy Griffith. That's who the surprising guest is. That surprised gonna, the hell out of me. He's going to show up, and it's going to be the Matlock version of Andy Griffith, not the Andy Griffith show. I was going to say Andy Mayberry. Matlock. No, not Mayberry. It's Matlock. He's going to show right. up, and he's going to do a lot of uh, investigating. But yeah, the, the, I want um, Columbo now that you're talking Columbo. about Ironsides. He shows up. Bitch. He's the new Oracle. Uh, Ironsides yeah, like, in, his in his damn wheelchair. Ironsides. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think Landry Walker, they're like, okay, buddy. Remember that book you signed on to do and you were going to do all these issues? You're only going to do a couple. And by the way, you Three. have to explain that guy's no longer a Red Lantern at the end of this issue. And it's it, it, tough. How are you going to do that and do it well? You, it's tough. You're not going to. No. But Jay Calfiore's art was great in this book, but I gave this a 5 out of 10 just because it was it was made me – it actually filled me with rage. Fucking Did it? filled me with rage Maybe how bad was, this book was. That was what it was supposed to do. Oh, what do you think? Do you think Guy Gardner is going to be a big part of the Green Lantern book going after Hal? Do you think or he's going to be? Not, he's not a Green Lantern anymore. I have no idea. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure that they're, the ring is. Going he's to a play. fucking wellspring of hope, apparently, but not a Why Green Lantern. Out of nowhere, white ring, boom, right on his finger. That seventh I don't white want ring Guy hits white Guy Gardner. It's, oh, jeez, he has part of the life equation. All hell well, breaks if loose. Well, if we t- if we believe what's going to happen from Future Zen's uh, Red Lantern's tie-in, he's going to try out all the different rings yeah. well, and eventually go. go with blue. See, and and I don't know where he's going to get that, these rings. Again, but maybe that was the tie-in of all that hope. Fucking bullshit is what it was. Yeah. Well, you know what isn't bullshit? My next book. What is it? I like it. Catwoman number forty. I do not. That is written by Genevieve Valentine and art by Gary Brown. And again, I know you're going to hate on this book, and I'm going to tell you you can go suck an egg. You know why? (laughs) Because I didn't like it at first either. And when you first jump in, is this the first issue you've read since we've been doing the podcast? Second. Second. I'm telling you, the whole thing is more of a acquired taste and kind of like that big tailgate box you ate. Sometimes when that you is not an acquired sometimes taste. when you <laughs> taste it, it makes you sick. Now, uh, I've loved it. I think I'm saying Genevieve, Catwoman wants to kill me. Uh, yes, I think Genevieve Valentine has taken this book, and legitimately, you didn't read much of Anne Nocenti's run, did you? <laughs> when you say much, do you mean at all? I mean any. And you know what that? Because I did not read you any. Know what, no. Yes, you know what that run was? That was a joke. That was yeah. one of the worst books in DC. And, and you want to know the other bad books? It, just look up Anne of Senti. And, <laughs> and anything she was on was awful. But, man, Catwoman was a joke. It was awful. It was like this um, 
one of the I think the last arc that she did was that race of thieves arc uh Innocenti didn't you mean wacky racers that was a wreck that that was the worst thing I've ever read and so you go from that into this where you're taking a joke of a book and made it into this crime drama uh gangster type thing and I've really enjoyed it uh this issue was a little odd because I was thinking that it was going to end an arc and it really didn't it didn't end anything um I had mentioned that I, I believe that how I would explain this run of Genevieve Valentine so far, it's more in the lines about Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman, where there's not really defined arcs. I think it's a slow burn story um, that it just, you get a little bit each each month, but it's building on something so good. And this issue does pull back a lot of stuff from this whole bit that she's been on where um, she's been forced to make a lot of tough decisions, and it hasn't been pretty. She's gotten her hands dirty, but what she wants to do is make Gotham a better place by getting rid of all these, like, basically Black Mask and yeah, all these black awful mask. villains. It's <laughs> black Mask is awful. Um, in the meantime, you've had her, um, her uh, cousin who's involved, and also Iko's involved, and she's basically in this issue... She's telling everyone, listen, you got to get away. Uh, I am everything bad. If you're with me, it's bad. So get out of the way. And also, she's decided no more of this games and, and you know, keeping lies and secrets and all this. I'm going to have to tell everyone what's going on, and I'm going to become Catwoman again. And she goes and talks to Penguin, forms an alliance with him, and all this is against Black Mask. And... Basically, this issue sets up in June where it's going to be Selina. She's Catwoman again. She's going to go at it as Catwoman, as this tough crime boss, and it's uh, it's great. I love it. It's a hard book to explain. Uh, again, I I know that I when I was reading it and writing my notes, I was thinking, Eric's not going to like this. He's, he's going to say that it's awful. And it's one of those where I'm telling you, if you read a couple issues... Um, or read the whole arc from the beginning. That's the thing. Where, where are people supposed to... Like, what if I wanted to jump in Catwoman? I, you picked this to jump into. This issue Nothing. wouldn't be the jump in. No, you'd have to just start from the beginning of the arc. This is the problem, though, is where you had the problem with Brian Azzarello, where... I didn't have a problem with well, Brian Well, Wonder Woman's like, oh, Wonder Woman's so great, but the problem... I, like, I liked Wonder Woman. <laughs> I know, but you probably... If you didn't read the whole story, you missed a lot. You actually stopped reading it. You started yes. at the beginning. So you didn't have that issue. But if you jumped in on issue 25, you would have been so confused because there's this varied cast of characters and, and all this other stuff. But in this, it's more of just the whole um, – the tone of the book is tough to get into, um, knowing what Selena's up to and doing this. And I'm telling you, I like Gary Brown's art now. At the beginning, I yeah. hated it. And well, it, I, had pro- I had problems like trying to discern her from like yeah. Aiko at the times. I know, I know. Well, once you kind of get into it and learn uh, what's going on, it's a little better. But again, I hated the way he made Penguin look. This issue, I thought it was awful. I, I actually kind of dug it. Did myself. you like it? I didn't like yeah. it. Uh, I I think that he he also makes a pretty awful Batman. Uh, Batman in in Gary that one Brown's, panel wasn't bad. Uh, get back. Somebody has to get him a razor. Anytime he shows up in this book, Batman has not shaven in, in like five days. And usually, you know, you get those weird deals. Also, though, you have um, 
I don't know how Gary Brown is. It's not the same art, but it kind of reminds me of how when people first jump into um, Temple Smith's art on uh, Gotham right. by Midnight. It, that is, That's nothing like that. No, I'm not saying it's like his art. Yeah. I'm saying that when you get the first time you look at it, you're so overwhelmed by trying to figure it out that I think you don't get to get the full concept of it. Right. And um, yeah, I like this book. I gave it a 9.3 out of 10 because I thought that it's setting up a lot of stuff for June and it's just not, it didn't end an arc at all. It more set up the story to continue and to get even deeper and better with her being Catwoman. Though yeah, I, I loved, found that part interesting where she was coming back as Catwoman. Yeah. She was going to take on this goddamn crime war as Catwoman. I thought yeah. that was a cool like, aspect of it, like pantsuit no more. Yeah, then I, I Spider Man gave up yeah. the freaking costume back I then. loved Aiko as um, Catwoman, though. That kind of upsets me, but she even sets her up to kind of be the villain now. And that, that'll be interesting. But yeah. But they just kept throwing names at me and expecting well, me to know what, what the saying. hell they were this talking about. This is what I was saying about like Azarello's run on Wonder Woman. By the end of that run, there were so many side characters that he had added that he kept pulling out and going back to that it's just tough to just jump in. This book is not one to just jump in on. Hey, I'm telling you, you tell me Bondage Minotaur. I know what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah I love Bondage Minotaur <laughs> and that. But yeah, they had so many ca- cast of characters in, in that. And it's getting to be like this. You have her bro- uh, Mason, who's claimed to be her brother. And you don't know if he is or not, but he goes to kill Antonia. That's her. Exactly. Cousin. I had no idea what was going what on saying. in that you fucking wouldn't scene. Know. And like, I'm telling you, at that one scene, you have Black Mask there. And Mason's like, I'm going to take care of her. While Aiko is there as well watching yeah. and it's like holy crap you got a woman who catwoman is is physically attracted to and has also assumed the role of catwoman there while Cat, selena's supposed brother has decided to go kill selena but then shoots her cousin that's what i'm saying it's very <laughs> um, to, yeah it's it's like a plus b plus c plus two three four eight twelve batman symbol <laughs> boom no, I like it. And uh, again, it's just building on uh, a story that I have really enjoyed. Agreed, but, though. And this is one of your examples of one of those positive, uh, strong female you know, like, uh, figures. strong. Uh, yeah. And at the end, Everybody she's about pissed. It. She's, she's going to oh, yeah. take matters in her own. She's tried to do it one way where she's playing the, the mobster game. And now she's going to up the ante by going as Catwoman as well. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see her also. Now, again... she's not just going to be Catwoman. She's going to be Selena doing her thing and trying to get these uh, parts and pieces in in place. But then in the meantime, she's going to get shit done as Catwoman. I just want to know where this takes place because then we have have her as pantsuit gangster leader in uh, Batman Eternal and she's kicking ass there. Yeah, I think she'll still be uh, pantsuit Catwoman uh, or pantsuit (laughs) Selena, crazy catsuit Catwoman. Losing my track here. But uh, that's enough of that book because I'm going to finish up with Deathstroke number six. And this is story and art by Tony S. Daniel. He does it all, Eric. I know he does. He is a man of many talents. and you I know think what? he is a town of blood. Yeah. Uh, here I put, I'll put my first sentence in my note. This book is all about blood, popped out eyeballs, and severed limbs. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about this issue. I'm talking about the whole run. This is the bloodiest book. That might be in all of comics right now. And man, it's really good looking. I had an issue with this issue because (laughs) I've had a bit of an issue with this whole arc. Uh, I 
can't really wrap my head around what if you ask me hey jim what's deathstroke about i'd be like well it's real bloody and you know every issue has a lot of severed limbs the actual story when i actually sat down today and thought okay I'm gonna I'm gonna think about exactly what it is. And there's Odysseus. What it is? There's Odysseus, who's uh, Slade's dad. There's his son Jericho. His daughter Rose. You got Harley thrown in there. The last couple issues. I really don't know what's going on. I, I know you know you can tell me. Well, this Odysseus, his dad, he wants to take over the world. That's fine and dandy. <laughs> I want to know like the particular. I couldn't really grasp. The whole thing. I know that Odysseus wants Jericho for his power. Yes. Which we've got bits of, which reminds me a lot of Akira. It's like Jericho's going to go and he's going to blow up like an atomic bomb. He can kind of control people. Uh, in the meantime, Odysseus is controlling people. In the other meantime, they brainwashed Bronze Tiger to pretend that he killed. The whole book, the story has become convoluted in six issues, and I don't think I'm the only one that realizes that. I think that it's gotten to a point where it's kind of wrapped itself around itself so many times that they want to kind of reset it, which is what this issue seems to do, because at the end, you're left with kind of a reset button. Yeah. Uh, Jericho goes all, he goes off, yells enough, and ba-boom, this green fucking bomb goes off. Next thing you know. No more mutants. Yeah, next thing you know, uh, Slade wakes up in a bed, and it's almost like how the series seemed to have started when he became young again. But yeah. getting up to that point, there was a couple funny moments where I like uh, a recurring guest star in the book is Possum. Do you know a lot about Possum? I have never heard of him before okay. this. He is he's, one of my new favorite yeah, bad oh, guys. He's been in the the book over and over. So anytime you see Possum supposedly dead, you know there's trouble. And Harley walks in. That's a, the, kind of the joke of this issue where Harley walks in, sees this guy. He's, she, he's ripped apart, picks up the head, and Slade's in the background like, Harley, watch out. Uh, and you know that shit's going down. And Possum, all of a sudden, his <laughs> head comes to life. Harley And then the best panel, I think, of the last couple months for me is the next one where Slade is fighting the severed-off feet and torso of uh, Possum. They're having a karate battle. It I, seems like a scene right out of Reanimator. Yeah, I don't know how this torso is maintaining its hovering. And, the, you know, the guy, power. the guy has a... Um, an awesome uh, healing factor. I don't know that he yeah. levitates, but it, it's no, I'm, great. I'm saying the tendrils come out and okay. act it as just legs and jump about. I just like the fact that he was uh, having like a kung fu fight with uh, two parts of a severed body. It was hilarious. Oh, it was I, I, start, I started laughing yeah. just like, what's up? Uh, I had to tell him what was it, going on. Actually, in my review, I put that um, when, when Possum's head came to life, right. I kind of smiled. What the night when he's fighting the I laughed and I don't laugh out loud a lot and I was I was like, it all. Is, I'm like yeah I'm like that is so ridiculous but <laughs> in the meantime the, the it was so ridiculous and it was also pretty much filler because I don't really oh know, yeah total filler all it was supposed to be was them trying <laughs> to find out where uh, Jericho and Rose were and I guess at the end he may have told him but you don't see that but yeah it was fun and they end up they end up going Odysseus has Rose and Jericho. And the other thing that made me laugh at this is there's Odysseus. Lady Shiva has Rose. Does she get the hint that he does not want her dead? 
because she <laughs> she might. I thought the same thing. It's like six times. He's like, oh, you know, uh, yes, that's my daughter. She will stand by my side. Are you sure? She she. Oh yeah, granddaughter. Are you sure? I think she's gonna want to kill you. Let me kill her. No, no, no. My granddaughter must live because she is gonna be on my left side. Uh, yeah. Can I slice her throat now? No, no, no. He's like, yeah. Can I just make her bleed a little? Can I give her a, a paper cut? It was just, it was so ridiculous. She just, there's Quiet nothing. Down, Lady Shiva. There's nothing she wants more than to, to, to kill her. That's it. But uh, Harley and uh, Deathstroke show up. There's uh, Battle Royale. Next thing Badass. you know, next thing you know, there's uh, Chris Jericho's there. He's doing the the walls of Jericho on somebody. It's my Jesus Battle Christ. Royale joke. And when people are listening to this, by the it'll be uh, WrestleManias tomorrow, Sunday. Oh, is it? Yeah, WrestleMania. Why you got to bring that up, man? I don't know. It just reminded me because of Jericho, and it was a battle royale, I said. That's, that, WrestleMania 1 was what my daddy's first date with my stepmother while him and my mother were still bit together. Your dad's dead. <laughs> Take that. No, but it's, it's, a, it's a cool battle. A lot of, lot of blood. A lot of blood. But then, uh, like I said, at the one point, Jericho... Uh, he is a peace-loving mutant. Uh, through this whole thing, he's kind of like, he was no more at one point. Now it's enough. He's, he's not going to say <laughs> no more. He's now going to say enough. And like I said, it, it freaking boom. Next thing you know, there's Deathstroke. He's there. He's pissed off, and he's ready to kick some ass. It just seemed, and if you put that last page or last two pages and started a series with that, it would have made sense to me. Like right. uh, it just seemed like a, a reset. Um, though looking at my notes, I do have to mention it's kind of been a joke with me and you and and the book itself, where Deathstroke has both his eyes. And I in can't the book, fight for shit because we, of it. we kept waiting for it. Like he's been complaining so much, we actually both thought that he should just get a dagger and stab his eye out. Well, Fork at one it point, out. Odysseus and him are fighting, and then oh, he almost loses his eye. And I said to you, it's almost like uh, Crispin Glover in Hot Tub Time Machine. Where you know he's going to lose his <laughs> just arm, waiting for and it. they're waiting for it, and they're so mad it doesn't happen. It's my reaction. He's like, oh, my eye. And then you see him, and he's just got kind of a cut, and he's like, oh, I'm getting used to this. This isn't going to happen. I'm like, oh, Fuck you, Deathstroke. damn it. But, yeah, it starts up. Uh, the art to me was great. Um, oh, yeah, it was The amazing. story, again, I, I think the story in this whole first six issues has been a little off i think it's been more of a way to just get blood going and and massive uh limb severing count and uh, again it'll start up in june again i'm looking forward to it i can say all i want about the story i oddly like this book uh just as it's a fun kind little of getaway. yeah just as a fun little beat up kill people book i gave this like issue, red hood and the outlaws was for yeah, me yeah i gave it a 7 out of 10 um because like yeah, I, said, I can see that. yeah i like the art and and it's starting up i'll be right with it when it starts up again there's a lot of books that are better than this that i don't enjoy reading i i enjoy this book so my only it. problem is that is odysseus is uh taking control of the league of assassins like heavy hitters yeah, I would yeah. have fucking brought Rachel Ghoul and the rest of the freaking league and to take, you know, like have some fucking revenge on well, this shit. He's, he's been Odysseus and Rachel Ghoul are kind of against each other. They're kind of. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, again, 
it says at the end like he's gonna he's gonna take down a god. I I have no idea what the deal. God is killer, be. yeah. yeah uh, maybe maybe it's Rache. I don't know. He's but just also, gonna I don't... go around and kick ass. I don't like this bronze tiger since we've seen in the Red Hood and the Outlaws before when they went to Nanda Parbat. Mm-hmm. Like uh, bronze tiger looked completely different than he does here. This is more of like an old school like kind of bronze tiger. Yeah. But I really dug the one we saw before, and I would like to keep it in continuity. That's just a little nerdy nitpick I had. Yeah, it's a nitpick. I don't even know that bronze tiger. This bronze tiger, the only reason he was in this was to uh, be like a decoy to uh, convince. Odysseus that Deathstroke he killed Deathstroke it's funny too because they want this whole thing they want it to like Odysseus now thinks you're dead and for him just to show up and announce himself like here I am you know he could have nonsense but well the best part then is that when he gets demasked Odysseus doesn't even believe that this is his son no no nobody because he's all young again and Rose is like you're not my father Rose is flipping it now I've changed your diaper a couple times and then that seemed a little odd to me (laughs) that was actually one of my favorite scenes though when Rose is freaking the fuck out he's like you know what I'm just gonna kill every motherfucker here till I find out what the hell's going on yep yeah uh yes what would you have given it uh probably 7 out of 10 yeah yeah alright that's it buddy all right, that's that's it for Weird Out Loud. You want to freaking tell people Weird where to go? Out loud, we're done, <laughs> baby. We're done. I mean, personally, me and you, we're done. It's about time, really. I know. Yeah, it's been it's been a good run. My sister and your niece will somehow start it up. Yeah, we we didn't even talk about that. That somehow, uh, unbeknownst to us, our my niece and your sister are going together to the prom. Yeah, don't know that we talk to one another. Yeah, they don't, don't even know, know that we know each other. Yeah. Very odd. Weird. Very odd indeed. Will you go to the prom with me? Absolutely not. You and your stinky feet. I'd be wearing shoes. I might not wear not socks. Not socks. No, exactly. No, no, no. Stinky ass feet. Freaking scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> you know where they should go? Uh, they should go to Weird Science dccomicsblog.blogspot.com that's our site we like to call it a site even though it's a blog because we're embarrassed to be a blog we are the clue master of DC comic uh, sites you know I like to say we're punk rock but you know what clue master's good clue master and I'll go with it next thing you know I'm going to be writing my review of Gotham Academy tomorrow and somebody's going to sneak up and slice my throat and you know what as I bleed out I'll be like thank god Uh, (laughs) Oh, you darkness, fuck. darkness, embrace me. You're writing some of that teenage poetry? <laughs> I'm writing it down. Darkness, <laughs> my only friend. The gates have opened to the pits of hell. Oh, teenager. You, know you never stop being a teenager because all teenagers seem to be miserable. I'm you are still miserable. that mindset. I, know. I apologize to everyone. I am a miserable bastard. And hopefully, like uh, Batman... Uh, Batman with a box. I was going to call him Batman out of the box for some reason, but I know Batman with a box. He likes it. He likes my misery because you know what? He's probably just as miserable as me. And he seems to be a younger fellow, and I'll give him credit. Usually it takes a lot of years to realize that this earth is awful and all is misery. Darkness. About? I have a great time on Darkness, this Darkness, my only friend. <laughs> Where's my <laughs> pen? I'm going to write the next oh, big Christ. emo hit. Where can they find us on Twitter? They can find us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And you know what we aren't? We're not Weird Science of DC. You go to Twitter at Weird Science DC. You will find us there. You'll find people making fun of Eric. You might find a lot of hate (laughs) from other creators in DC. 
not this week. It was kind of positive no. this week. I'm bringing the hate. All positive. Yeah, I know. Hey. It, it, I don't know what it was. Um, Batman with a box. He he even called it out that we're kind of the let's see who hated on him this week and who we pissed off. I think that without pissing people off, it, it, we're a little off. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> next week pick a pick a creator. I'm going to piss them off on purpose by telling. Don't them, do that. Don't I'm going to. What books do I have? I have. Um, going to think. Oh, I have um, Gotham Academy Endgame and Brendan Fletcher's on that. That'd be easy. Yeah. We already some, pissed him off. That don't no, something tells me count. that I'll uh, love that issue and even uh, Gotham Academy itself. I, I am still protesting a little. I don't do it right away, but I'll do it tomorrow. Well, I, read it, I read it today because I thought you might do it and I really like the issue. I'm saying I'll probably give it like a 9-5 and um, I'll send him a, a tweet and he'll ignore me. He, oh, yeah. He hates us. So there. See, it It might have taken the whole ep, uh, episode, but I've found some hate from creators. So there. <laughs> uh, what else? You know we what? Have... Like, the thing is, though, we also, we also saw this week, though, that all the problem we had with Greg Rucka and him calling us out because we said it was a preview of his book when it was just a page. We did the same thing with Frank Thierry, and he was awesome about yeah. it. You know why Frank Thierry was? Because either one, he's proud of his work. Two, he's not a dick. Or three, all of the above. And when I went to school, you always picked all of the above. He's proud of what he's doing, and he's not a dick. And he used our little tweet of a cover and a picture to not only generate some interest in his book. I mean, we're not, you know, I'm not pretentious. I know that me and you aren't going to change any sort of sales numbers. But what it can do is connect with people who might like the book and actually seem like a good guy. So if it came to me right That's now... exactly what happened. Yeah, personally, if I had the choice between a Greg Rucka book and a Frank Thierry book right now, I'm going Frank Thierry because he seemed like a cool guy. He even gave people a little shout-out because when we put that Suicide Squad uh, Convergence preview up, people were like, oh, man, the, the big uh, Amanda Waller, the wall's back. Oh, and I got involved. We're talking... And he wrote, hey, guys, I just want you to know this is strictly or mainly an Amanda Waller story. And people were all excited about it. And that's what yep. you do. He knows how to play the game. He, you know, I think he's a nice guy. He's talked to us behind the scenes a little and seemed like a good guy. Um, but even if you're not, just pretend. There's a hint I, for you. Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher and Greg Rucka, just pretend you're nice. I know that <laughs> sounds fake, but it doesn't hurt. Just seem like good guys. You know what I know about Frank Thierry? He wrote one hell of a fucking Villains Month issue with yeah, Penguin. Yeah, love that Love that issue. book. So I want to try to get him on uh, Five Questions uh, interview, and we'll ask him about that. Uh, speaking of which, I just did one on the site with uh, the artist from Arkham Knight, Victor Bogdanovich. And I know he's not a huge name yet, but I love his art. I really think Yeah, that he will gonna, be. I think he's going to take off. Uh, we also have one in the, in the can. Is that what you say? Yes. Yeah, I heard that in a prison movie once. It didn't mean anything good in that. <laughs> Why is all of a sudden we're ending and now I've picked up the pace? Now I'm like all excited. Because you're end. an asshole. No, I don't know. I, I, I haven't felt good tonight. So again, I'll apologize to people. But we have an interview, a uh, five questions interview with Howard Porter that made me laugh the whole time. <laughs> and I'll probably put that up. I was thinking about putting it up tomorrow. Um, I'd say Tuesday. But I might put it up during the week. I'd, I'd actually like to wait till something he's done comes out. But I think that that's—I think he does it the 
Supergirl Matrix cover. Uh, but then we'll have to wait for Justice League 3001 in June. So I'm going to have to put it up. And we also have uh, Mike Johnson wants to do one. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to send him some questions. Some goofy questions about Star eating Trek. wings, Star Trek, and possibly what uh, your Breakfast favorite Club. 80s rap song is. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. I have to look up and see what he's into. But uh, how about Facebook? Can they go to Facebook, Facebook. and see things and maybe hey. like stuff? Oh, yeah. You can go to freaking www.facebook.com backslash weirdsciencedccomics.com. Hmm. Uh, no, not .com at the end. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You and your Facebook. Yes. Come, come and follow the page through Facebook. It'll let, it'll let you know when all the updates are up because everybody's yep. got a Facebook. Yep. And uh, also, we have, um, we've been begging for reviews and comments on iTunes, and we, we actually have some. So Pretty maybe awesome. begging is what you do. I might just quit my job and start begging. I'd love that. I'll, I actually thought if I would decide to quit my job. I thought you quit for a while no, ago. I thought you just kept showing up. Yeah. I, actually, I think they fired me like three months ago, and I keep showing up. <laughs> I, um, I would think like if I was a single guy, how much, how much do you think you have to beg in a day to actually like sustain a somewhat of a uh, diet to keep you going? Like In my mind, I immediately think of the McDonald's value menu. And someone that, said, do I have to fucking buy a box with my shit is what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is if, if you could beg, you think you could beg like $4 a day, I think you live off of. Now, again, you're living in an alley and on right. a box, but I'm saying eating-wise. Then you get so smelly, they probably wouldn't let you in the McDonald's. Well, did you go to the McDonald's are... the other day to get no, your thing? Well, inside, you mean? Yeah. No, I drive through, man. Uh, I was going to say, if they let you in, they'll let any homeless guy. Because, man, you look like a wreck. That freaking beard, uh, the headband, bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I look pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, but that's it for Weird Al. Anything else? Anything else? No, we're going yeah. to wrap this up. I don't know why you wait to the end for this every week. I don't know. I just get, I get, I, maybe it's because we're almost done. I get excited. It's almost like work, and it's like 2.30, and you're working till 3, and you get all fired up. And just for one more time, what's the email? The email is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Just send any sort of questions you have, any sort of comments, questions. We'll read them. We don't make them up. Where are <laughs> you, John? We miss you. Come back, John. Ah, uh, yes. Let's end it here. That, yes, that's it. We'll see everybody in seven. Have All a good right. one. See ya. Hey, yo, man, my label mate, Don Newkirk, man. Step to him. Thanks, Search. And now, for the Prime Minister. Sinister. Gave it the first light A grin shows a trick up a sleeve <laughs> What a tangled web they weave Deceive is stupefied through fable Say let's make a deal at the dinner table Put you on tour, put your record on wax Trust me! Sign your life on the X Your exit XOR But what you really get? A box of new ports and Puma sweat Damn. Text feeds and frowns upon Emus To give a gas face and drinks from a thermos Sub rocket at you with a clipper Gas face giving I beg to differ Pete, that was real tough, man, but I gotta get No, no more no more eating challenges. <laughs> I done fucked myself up.